Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Uh, Broadway. Broadway. Yeah. If we knew how to sing, we <laughs> yeah, would neither sing. Neither one of us can sing, so we couldn't sell that intro at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get started with what this episode is about, because we forgot completely to do it last week. Right. Things that are coming up, things uh, that matter. Okay. A, some of our listeners came to the Houston Improv. Cool. This weekend, which is awesome. Yep. So thank you guys for coming, whatever your names were. A lot of people don't say. They just go, <laughs> I like the show, bye. <laughs> they just like run. Cool. Um, but uh, so let me, a couple quick dates. February uh, 19th through the 21st, uh, Seattle Parlor, Parlor Live in Seattle. They have two. There's one in Bellevue. There's one in downtown Seattle. I'll be at the downtown Seattle one with Ari Shafir. Uh, known Jew. Ari Shafir. Guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and then uh, this is a bit away, away, but you know, some people skip episodes, whatever. March 13th and 14th, uh, me and Fahim Anwar are going to co headline the La Jolla Comedy Store. That guy's not a piece of shit. So, yeah, he's great. We're going to switch off uh, closing nights each show. Uh, the next week, 20th, 21st of March, Tempe Improv, me and Bobby Lee, famed North Korean terrorist Bobby guy's Lee. a piece of shit. <laughs> um, so we'll be there together. That's it for right now, but that's plenty. So if you live in Seattle or San Diego or Tempe, I'm coming. Uh, what do you got? I don't. I don't know. Nothing right now. I I think there's something, but I forgot to put it in my calendar. So okay. I'm gonna look through my emails. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, now that we've got that, what else is there? There's got to be something. Uh, for any new listeners, uh, contact us oh. if you want. Follow um, me on Twitter at Kevin G Christie. Okay, I'm at Nick Youssef N I C K Y O U S S E F. NickYousef.com for any shows and info and links to purchase my album, which you should do on vinyl or digitally. Those are your only options because I'm a dick. And uh, all show information and whatever, all that other fun stuff is there. Contact at NickYousef.com if you want to tell me anything long form, uh, which some people do. They have yeah, like okay. paragraphs of shit long they want to talk me. to you about. Long form sounded funny to me. Uh, yeah, not 140 character form. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's just some technical podcast stuff to which we got to do, and we forget. We got to get better at that. Because uh, some people don't know. I didn't know you were in whatever city. I'm like, yeah, because I fucking forgot to mention it, or I mentioned it too late. Anyway, that being said, let's get into this episode. This week, we have Helena York. She is my friend. Uh, she was in the first season of Masters of Sex with me. She's a Broadway actress, and we talk about that a lot. She's super talented. We talk about what it's like to have more than one talent, because she has them. And we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of what it's like to actually be a, a kind of a working Broadway actor, which I didn't know anything about. I don't think most people do. Yeah, you just hear about it. You go like, yeah. oh, they work on Broadway. They're theater actors. What's the difference? Or yeah. you know, it's If you've seen Birdman... Just like it. No. <laughs> um, but watching Birdman, I was like, I want to know more about the fuck goes on in theater. It just yeah. seems so high octane, intense, fucking stressful. It's it's a very different type of yeah. show business, so we get to hear about that. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, she did a good job, like, kind of laying... Any question we had, she had, like, a good, well-thought-out, yeah. non-pretentious actor answer. Yeah. Which is always great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I left this episode knowing more than uh, I went in. I'm moving to New York. Which so. is good. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to join a theater company. Yeah. Whichever one will take me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the whole singing, dancing, acting thing, at the same time, live. Yeah. Just the more you think about it, you're just like, 
That would be you're hard. When you're probably wearing flesh-colored nylons. Yeah. That seems hard. It seems so difficult. Than like, A lot of rouge. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. But it was an hard. interesting episode. She's a very sweet girl. She's very nice. Um... What else is there? Where, did we go off? We went on some tangents. We went on some tangents. We talked a little bit about our crumb. Dicks. Uh, yeah, dick size for like a minute. It happens a lot. Our and crumb. then how uh, how useless models are. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. As far as things that involve talent, <laughs> uh, you're kind of just, you lucked, you're just born beautiful. So yeah. at least yeah. you found what you, you know, what you yeah. can make good money at. And yep. congratulations. Models the person that looks at a mannequin and goes, that looks like a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be a stool <laughs> that gets paid. A clothes hanger. And travels. Yeah. A lot of models know other languages, though, because of the amount they travel, which is pretty cool. That's true. Well, you meet like models who are like, yeah, I speak English and Spanish and French. and That's true. Was that? I'm just like, all right, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, then when they get ugly, they become travel guides. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> that's enough of shitting on models for no reason. Yeah. Uh, Inspiration is this Friday, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's we'll be at be that. Fun. Inspiration LA, it's a clothing thing for nerds who uh, yeah, pretend they work Americana. hard for a living yeah. and dress like it. They dress like men who work on railroads but have never probably taken a train and they're all or Japanese. lifted a hammer. Yeah. But Oops. we're all going to be there with our cuffed jeans. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a lot of that, that kind of work wear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you live in LA, you should go. It's really fucking cool. It's really fun. Yeah. Go buy tickets. Inspiration LA. Just look that up. Um, it takes place somewhere downtown. It's really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll keep it at that. Uh, enjoy this episode. We love you. My girlfriend, man, I'm so hip. Every Saturday night, with my suit buttoned tight and my suede's on, I'm getting my kicks, watching arty French flicks with my shades on. I'm too much. I'm a I am we just restarted, by the way. Oh, great. <laughs> I, I saw Don Rickles once in, in Palm Springs. Which would be awesome. It was amazing. I was the youngest person there by maybe 50 years. When was it? It was like four years ago. And uh, he did do this thing at the end where he you know, did a normal act. He, I don't think he can remember a soul act. There's a piano with, I think, sheets on it with, with you know, things he can read. And he has a piano player, too, which is funny. But he, at the end, there were a giant, there was a screen and a giant American flag just appeared behind him and he just started yelling, we're going to win this war. And we were like, uh-huh. Was, he was like, I'm Don Rickles. I'm in Palm Springs. I yeah. know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And this the, is what I should be doing. The crowd went totally nuts. Yeah. It was, he was hilarious. Palm Springs is kind of a thing now. It's actually really cool. My mom sends me postcards from there. Yeah. I love Palm Springs. I don't love it's heat. Great. Neither do I, and that's my problem with it. But I, I hear that architecturally and for an art scene perspective, it's actually kind of amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm what I see because I've, I've only been there once, and what I see of the art scene there, uh, it's, it's either like the hot, like super modern hotel Jonathan Adler type stuff. Yep. Because he, he redid that oh, one of the hotels there, either the Parker or the it was like an Ace. It was an Ace. Yeah. I think he redid the Parker. Like that was one of the things he did. He like yeah, see, redesigned I it. Go to there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very the popular. Ace, the, I've stayed at the Ace a few times. It's, Anything it's that great. he's done, I, his he has a store on the corner of my block. Yeah, which I I usually like cross a, away from it so I don't go inside and spend yeah. like eight hundred dollars on a gold sign that has a dollar. It's a dollar sign and it's a sculpture and I I want it. <laughs> he's <That's> good. <laughs> he's very good. He's very good. He's very good. 
He's you're, like a potter. You like New York again. I do. It's, uh, but it's well, like if you spend any amount of time in any place. I love New York again. I, I love New York more than I've ever loved New York right now. Okay. But you, when you came in here, you were like, it's so nice here. But that's I'm, the thing. I go through these like schizo fits where yeah. I'll come here for any amount of time. And I was just buying coffee in Atwater Village. And I was like, this is adorable. I could yeah. have a home and cook dinner for my friends. And they'd come over and we'd sit outside in February. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But or then January or March or <laughs> April. Any of those or really all 12 months, months of the year. Yeah, all, <laughs> exactly. All 12 months It seems of like the, year. the way to do it is to spend winters in L.A. and summers in New York. Recently, if you want to hear something really gripping, I bought a new coat, like a proper coat and a proper pair of snow boots. Like a pea coat? Like a winter pea coat? No, no, no. I bought like a down coat with a windbreaker with a oh, furry wow. hood. And I bought like super Ugg boots. I mean, none of these are friendly to the animals. So don't tell Kevin. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they things, look cool and they're warm. They look cool and they're so warm. And you don't feel like you're in winter. And I'll walk places in a snowstorm and just be so happy because it's quiet. And I don't know. I love it. I love New York. And I love that it dumps on you. And I love that there's hurricanes now i don't love that i'm they're hurricanes now that's bad but <laughs> there are tornadoes now not oh yeah and the one touchdown in brooklyn or something yeah there's a tornado in brooklyn also what? you have earthquakes now do we have earthquakes yep yeah, like we had t- an earthquake and i was there one. for it and people were like did you feel what that is and I'm like, happening no, I'm in LA. new york <laughs> i don't know what the earthquake thing is there was an earthquake yeah. in new york that people were like what but I mean, they, there's see. a lot of fracking, and now the lot of states that have lots of fracking have these Does weird New York have a lot of fracking? Yeah, upstate. What's fracking again? It's where they, they shoot. It's a way to get oil out of like, oh, yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. Ro- out of rock, It's yeah. this terrifyingly awful process. That causes that, earthquakes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Because now there's earthquakes in states like North, you know, places that never had them, like North Dakota, and oh, where they yeah. have lots of fracking. Yeah, you can't mine into the like hard rock of the earth and not expect yeah shit moves. To yeah. Shit shifts for it to get shifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's funny. It's like uh, every you. I feel like sometimes say this about New Yorkers. We're always so proud about our ability. Like we're survivors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this stuff keeps happening to me, but I stay here because I know how to deal. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but everybody here is like, why would you know how to deal if you don't have to? Yeah. Well, you have to because so you're a Broadway actor. <laughs> yes. See, I find that so interesting. You're a, di- I will say, Broadway actors are a different breed of actor. For real. They're real actors. You have multiple <laughs> skill sets. I mean, I've heard this from other actors all the time. They'll be like, oh no, they can do all this shit. Is it other actors who have gone to New York to do theater? No, no, no. Like, it's mostly actors that come in contact with Broadway actors here. Oh. Where they're like, you know, it'll be like you or Anna Lee. We're like, no, you can, they can sing and then they can dance and then they can tell a joke and then they can cry. Like, it's just... You're like uh, an old school entertainer. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I, was just, I just saw a couple of my friends who do theater last night or yesterday here and we were talking about how sometimes we'll get on set now for stuff and do nothing and sort of go home be exhausted all day because it's you're not used to waking up at five thirty in the morning get to set sort of just move your mouth and not your face and then we get home and we're sort of like was that okay i didn't do anything yeah <laughs> yeah whereas opposed to if you do something for theater you get up you're there you're on your feet you're dancing around making you know, I hate this word, choices. It's almost as bad as moist, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to, just now, I was trying to figure out a way to use moist choices in a moist sentence. Moist <laughs> choices. Some, uh, you made a moist choice. 
That sounds it would be so like a, weird. It would be like a baking, like a baking <laughs> yeah. thing. Like that was a really moist choice on your cupcakes. Yeah. Well, when you that left, was a moist when you choice. left to start your your show, you were like, exp- you would say things like, "Well, then we have previews, and then we have this," and you would kind of explain it to me. And my reaction was always, "Fuck that." Yeah. I mean, when you're doing it, and that's the thing is that I left theater for a while, and you do it again, and with love, I have to say, fuck that. I mean, you don't have a weekend. So, for example, my friends got married during the time when Tony voters were coming in May, and I was one of her bridesmaids, and I didn't, I couldn't go to the wedding. Because your day off is oftentimes like Monday That's or just like Wednesday. It's just... Yeah. But the thing is, it's like comedy. You, you it don't is, have nights but, and weekends. Is it? I don't know a lot. Their about version that of two that. shows a night is like a two a full two hour show. Well, no, a two show day is a show at two o'clock and then a show at eight. Right. And our show was ran pretty much two hours forty five minutes. I'm not saying the time spent, but I'm saying like oh yeah, the, the, the thing, the time of day. Yeah. So like when people yeah. go. Hey, this weekend we're all going. You're like, I'm going to be in Houston yeah. or wherever, exactly. or I have, to, I just have to be somewhere at 11 p.m. Yeah. Exactly. So you just, you, so that's a big part of it is sacrificing weekends. Yeah, weekends and dinner at eight o'clock. I mean, especially right, yeah, yeah. living in New York, that's so much a part of your life is going out and having dinner. I can't. Isn't like, I mean, New York's such a late city that like I, f- I find that yeah. people are like, oh, 11 o'clock dinner is like not even weird. Well, stuff's open, but the older I get, the more people ask me for 11 o'clock dinner and I'm like, uh, no, right, yeah. I'm not wearing pants at 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming to meet you. How did you get into... Okay, you're from, let's back up. You're from Canada. I was born in Canada. What part? Vancouver. I'm, well, my, my I'm all for from Canada. Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg. Why did you say, oh, Winnipeg, like it's nice there? I don't know. They compared it to the surface of Mars last winter. Mars is, <laughs> Mars is very <laughs> nice. I mean, I love it because my family has like a lake house there and that sounds I much like, fancier I than I like the is. logo of the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, me too. So and that's they got why. that hockey team back, which is good. Is it always just snowing and desolate and like I've never been there in the wintertime. I oh. only spent summers in Winnipeg. Vancouver is beautiful. Have you ever been? I lived there for nine months. Oh shit. That's yeah. right. I don't love the I don't love their logo as much. That's why. Well, they're also a bunch of fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Redheaded. Remember when they didn't win the Stanley Cup and they looted their own city? Oh yeah. That was a bummer. Well, that's kind of better than American teams were when they win a championship. Right. Like, let's destroy our yeah, city. Yeah, whenever the Lakers yeah. win a championship, downtown San Francisco's LA is like doing a war that zone. now. San Francisco. Oh, did they? San Francisco. The Giants loves, and the yeah. 49ers. Did they do that this year for the World Series? I think destroy their yeah a little when they bit. They did win the World Series. They love. I They've mean, done it I twice. Think Oakland and San Francisco. They get turned up and burn some shit down. My it's favorite crazy. is that people get excitable and they're like, "I'm gonna fuck your business up." Yeah, it's yeah. Like, dude, that's just. Let's celebrate this victory that our city won by tearing it apart. I don't get it. It's the logic, but I don't get. Yeah, I don't know. I also again, I just I feel like I'm just generally too tired to ever engage in activities like that, so I don't. Yeah. I'll never understand it. <laughs> so you're as a Canadian. Um, you're nice. I mean, I've I've known you for five minutes, and you're you've been nothing but sunshine. <laughs> See, and, I don't think I would have never guessed you're Canadian in knowing you. You're not like the kind of apologetic. Like, you're not you're no. not the same. I know a lot of Canadians, and you're not that like hyper politeness you get sometimes. I know I'm a I know a lot of Canadians. You're brash, also, and they are very polite. That is a legitimate stereotype. Yeah, but to the point where you go up there and. There will always be a beer in your hand because somebody will insist that it's there. You're always welcome to any activity of friends of friends all the time. There's a sense of community there that makes the entire country feel like a small town almost. 
That's cool. So there's a lot of that vibe. Being from there is interesting, but I have a very boisterous dad and family. So I guess I, and we moved around a lot. So I was born in Canada, but we moved to LA and then we moved to Atlanta and we moved back to LA and then we moved to Minneapolis and we moved back to LA. And so. What's with all the back to LA? Well, because my dad ultimately always wanted to be in LA. They Mm -hmm. always wanted to be in California, but he would acquiesce and move elsewhere if he had to for work. And then, but it was one of those things where if you are constantly being made to meet new people, constantly, 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 Mm -hmm. the idea of not knowing somebody is so uncomfortable. So I always want to feel like I know somebody right away. That's cool. Yeah. So instead of being like sort of slow to get to know me, it's like, so you're never (laughs) uncomfortable at parties. Well, You're just I like, used to be, but that was it. It was that. It, I mean, it's not necessarily a good way to have fixed that to be <laughs> totally, you know, in that way. But yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that. So that's the Canadianism, I think, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. See, I'm like that too. I'd rather get really way into it right away than just make bullshit small talk and take because I get yeah. so uncomfortable. Well, I get bored. Do you not get bored? I get bored, and but then that makes me uncomfortable. It's just, it's both. Yeah. Because I'm bored, and then I get uncomfortable because I'm like, are they bored? Is this all boring? What are we talking about? Yeah, I really, I do the same thing. And then you, you just start asking your... personal questions, and it gets interesting. Yes. Yeah. And, and they get really uncomfortable. I People get really uncomfortable. You watch them be uncomfortable and then open up, and that's... Yeah. You can see the change happen. But once they've opened up and you're talking about like some real subject... Then they've forgotten about being uncomfortable because oh, it's interesting to them probably. Yeah. If you can land on something that they, you know. Because I think everybody inherently wants to have an interesting conversation. Nobody's really into... The weather. The weather and like where you traffic. went to college and, you know, yeah. all that shit for two, the traffic. Yeah. The state of the subways, anything like that. Exactly. So I don't know. but I mean, that's a bad, I think it's a better way to be. But I'm like, it takes me a while if I go into like a public situation, like a party. And like to open up and do that. Yeah. It also depends on your mood. Don't you think you ever go to these like awful parties for like premieres or something like that? And people are like, when are you going to be home? And you're like, I don't know. I'll either be there for five minutes or three (laughs) hours. Yeah. Depending on who's there and what kind of mood I'm in. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's some like, oh, hi, what have you been up to lately? Like, what have you been working on? If it's going to be that, then it's like five minutes. Otherwise... You well, the, meet, run into somebody that you love and be like, what? The what have you been working on question? <laughs> Terrible. You just want to turn around and walk away. Yeah. I've been working on my, my back to you. <laughs> and then you just leave. <laughs> Someone asked me the other day, what do you, what's coming up for you? And I was like, well, we're going to stop talking. And then I'm going to walk away. <laughs> Did you say that to them? No. I was like, I don't know. And then I just stood there. It's such a weird. I hate the question. And I, I even knew. I, I, I could have said something. I was like, I don't know. Even if you have something exciting, you're just like, that's such a weird question. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's also, I think, the, the nature of what we do makes you want to ask that. I ask it of people like you, like Kevin, or now that I know you, because I think you're awesome, and I want to know what's coming up for you, because I would just assume it was a great answer. Yeah. Even if it's nothing, and you're just figuring it out, I'd be like, you're going to have something in a week. Yeah. But a, a lot of times, doesn't the question, and I don't, maybe it's just perception in your own insecurity, doesn't the question oftentimes feel like a bit of an attack you want to be like nothing okay yeah. <laughs> leave me alone i have zero nothing yeah. i'm poor i mean partly <laughs> because a lot of tables a lot of people ask questions like that to size you up 
Yes. To be like, oh, what have you been doing lately? Like hoping that they've done one more thing yeah, than you or one I, better thing. Where do thing. I come in comparison to you and yeah. into that level of success yeah. or not? And then when you say, you're like, oh, I, I did, I went on the road to do this gig or I was on this TV show. Or, how'd you get that? And then oh. you're like, <laughs> something new. You know what so it was? So it's a lot of insecurity Some guy battling. Asked me yeah. on a set the other day, what was the last thing you worked on? I thought it was so odd. Yeah. I was like, I don't, and I had to be like, I don't know. I don't, and I stopped and I was like, oh, this thing? Okay, okay. Do you know what's weird too is, I don't know if you guys have this at all. I have a lot of friends in the city, the city, by the way. New York. Why are we so audastic that we call it that? Yeah, yeah. I the. feel like that's fair. The city. It is the city. San Francisco, though, does that. They call they themselves, do they do too. They can suck up. No, no, because they, in reference to the Bay Area. If you're in the Bay Area, they go like, oh, are you going into the city? Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that makes sense for like Minneapolis. But New York St. calls Louis. itself like just they are. in America. I know. We're the... in Los Angeles right now, and I just called it the city. Yeah, and yeah. This is yeah. the I second feel like largest New... city in the United States. <laughs> right. I feel like New York is the city, though. Of America, yeah. Yeah, I'll get They can I have think it. So, yeah. I think so. really fascinating that you're allowing No, it. no. It is the densest city in America. Yeah. When you think of like an urban like Although, city, you think San Francisco might San Francisco <laughs> might have a higher density, but it's t- way, way smaller. Whereas New York oh, yeah. is dense and just keeps fucking going. It's, I mean, it doesn't, I guess it's not technically geographically huge, but it's dense the whole time. It really is. Yeah, it is. It's just high rises packed full of fucking people. Even if you go to the, the outskirts, it's still crazy dense. Yeah. Anyways, but I have a lot of friends in the city <laughs> that don't do what we do and or I'll run into people on the street that don't do what we do and their questions are worse. I mean. Well, how do you mean? Um, cause I, and I, and I've had conversations with people of varying levels of success and recognizability I just made so many different <laughs> recognizability. A lot of syllables for a word that doesn't exist. I know. Well, it should. It was very useful. Recognize. We'll say it again. Recognize- Recognizableness. Recognizability. No, that was recognizability. No, recognizability. <laughs> if that was a Scrabble word, if you could do that in this uh, game of Scrabble, you just flip the board and be like, "I'm out." Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, "That's not a word." I'd be like, flip "Well, it. You can just you believe tear it? the board in half? <laughs> <laughs> the board would break under the weight of all the tiles of that word." Yeah. <laughs> Out of the weight of the awesome. Um, anyway, but the, it's, I, don't you, I, ugh, it's, I once, a lot of times it's like, so how do you actually make money? Um, <laughs> uh, that's a common I've one. gotten that one. And I once got into an elevator on my way to something and I, in a building, and this guy was in the, just man, and you know, so are you here for the technology event? And I was like, No. I was like, what's that? And he sort of told me, he goes, and I said, no, I'm not here for that. And he said, well, do you work in technology? And I said, no, thank God. Not that that's bad, but that, you know, that would be awful if I tried anything in technology. He said, so what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm an actress. And then he goes, by which you mean you wait tables. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, actually, man, that's fucked up. And he says, oh, so you actually support yourself doing that? Good for you. And kept trying to hold the elevator open and keep talking to me. It was just very awkward. And so the way they ask about like what's coming up for you or asking about they always are curious about the money thing. And yeah. Or they or people like to write off your whole entire career profession is not a real job. Yes. They go like, oh, you're a comedian or not. Like, oh, well, I have a real job. You're like, do you? 
<laughs> yeah, but like, is your job more real than mine? I feel like you just do what you're told all the time. Or is my job more fun than yours? Is that oh the word I you're looking for? I went to go visit my buddy fun. at Goldman Sachs. Speaking of real jobs, that's yeah. I've, that's I've, that's apparently the hardest finance job to get in the world. It is the. Not only does he work for Goldman Sachs, he works in sports financing for them, so he helps them build stadiums wow, and shit. Like he has the job at Goldman Sachs. Wow. Damn, he could and, get people killed if he wanted to. He's that <laughs> high certainly up. Certainly get away with murder. Yeah, he's that high up. And his kids he get knows to people. sexually assault as many people as they want. Yeah. Well, he doesn't And have go to the kids. Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Hooray! <laughs> they get to sexually assault people in a luxury box. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I went to that because they have a new building that they built in like 2008. And if there's there's pictures of Sandy when downtown was out of electricity and the one building with light was Goldman Sachs and they had all these... Pop- I remember reading that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this building is looks like the Getty Museum inside. I mean, every floor has been curated with different kinds yeah. of art. You'd actually think it was kind of amazing and the views were insane. But you go to this, quote, real job and that guy was there on the day of the blizzard, is there mm. all weekend long, is there until two in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like... That's not any real than what I do. That just sounds like misery. <laughs> yeah, it's like the word real is irrelevant. It's like not even applicable. It's it's just like your job is more demand some people's jobs are physically more demanding, some yeah. people's jobs are mentally or and some people just get jealous because someone else's job is more fun. Like or that they like it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, they love yeah. going to it and doing it every day. Yeah. Like if I met a professional surfer skateboarder some like fucking oh. awesome fun i'd be like fuck did you get a fun job but yeah. then someone else could meet me and be like oh you're a comedian that's a fun job it is a fun job so I would imagine. W- but when people like like to tell other people that your job is not real that's when it gets stupid that's usually a person that just doesn't like their job yeah they just they hate their job so the real to them means misery yeah, or just, yeah, like real to them means like, oh, you don't go to a place that you hate every single day. Yeah, there are lawyers who love being lawyers so much they wouldn't want. They're like, I don't want to be a fucking actor. I love what I do. Exactly, yeah. they're juiced. They're stoked on it. They're so juiced. When did you get into like? When did you realize like I want to do Broadway theater, real? Hardcore, real. Yeah, like I mean, speaking of real jobs, real acting. You were commercials, and you were like here in web series commercials, bot. Like Jesus, I look at Kevin's life, and I'm like, please, I want to be in a Subaru commercial, catching a hawk. (laughs) Give me every time I see it, I'm like, cha-ching. Right, it was a falcon. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Isn't a falcon a kind of hawk? I don't know. We could go on this. I don't think so. I got into it because I was I danced ballet from a very young age, and then I. Me too. It explains your figure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I did. And then choir, (laughs) and then acting, and then sort of was like thinking I'd go to school for acting, and then I was like, why don't I just go for musical theater? I could do all three. But you can sing your ass off. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I went to. I went to college for all three things. So I went for musical theater and then after graduating moved, the, everybody was just like mass exodus from university to New Where'd York Where'd you City. go to school? I went to the University of Michigan okay. for musical theater. Um, Do they have a, are you a Spartan or a Wolverine? Wolverine. Okay. Do they have a uh, good musical theater well, program there? if you must Because I don't know where that a good one is. I, I don't know anything about I, it. I would consider it the best. It is certainly okay. one of the best. I, I loved going there because it was a I went to college like my I friend of mine played for the football team and is now a football player and mm-hmm. like, like an I, NFL player yeah and, oh, wow. and 
you know, it, it, my my best friend from college is like the event planner for Hermes. She was a communications wow. major. I just I went to real school instead of like theatery theater. Yeah, school, yeah, yeah. Which is great. Which was nice. Anyways, so I went to New York, and so I started doing theater, and then you realize. It's funny because it's like everybody in musical theater schools, they're like theater, 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 theater for the whole time they're there. How do I get an audition for musicals? And then two years later, they're like, I got to make some money. How how do I do on camera stuff? And then it's a hard block to chip away at because you call us the real actors, but we're so big and so expressive. It doesn't yeah. You also do camera. get a reputation for being like too big to use on TV because exactly. it's all super showy. Yeah, and so it's really hard to adjust, and that's why we'll go to jobs and go to sleep at night. Like, did we do anything? Because all we're doing is moving our mouth. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, but yeah, but I got into theater that way. And it's one of those things that's, you know, you, you do stuff. If you were doing a Broadway show, it's like, holy shit. Anytime you get to the theater, it's like, Jesus, these theaters are, have been there since the turn of the century, some of them. Wow. They're shitholes. <laughs> and. You know, I, I like. What are doing, the big theaters on Broadway? I mean, it's like the St. James is where I did Bullets Over Broadway. The Broadways, that's a big theater. The um, is it the Palace? What's it called? Oh God! And then you know the New Amsterdam where they put all the Disney shows. That was basically the reason Forty Second Street was refurbished was because that theater they put um, Lion, Lion King, King in that theater and like redid everything. Oh, wow. And now it's like Hollywood and Vine. Really? Yeah, and um. Yeah, but there, I mean, there's, I don't know how many theaters there are. And then there's all of the off-Broadway theaters, so you can work for these incredible companies that are working with playwrights and doing content that is really incredible. And then sometimes it makes it to Broadway and sometimes it doesn't. There's just, and that's what I like about living there is that there is so much that you can be doing. When you're not working, it doesn't ever feel like you're not working. That uh-huh. There's not something going on that you can be a part of, you know? I just noticed that, Broadway actors, because it is the money's far less. Yeah. The work is unbelievably more. Uh, is you it, work. Is it fair? It's far less money, but is it fair money? Like I don't no, even know that it's, it's fair. It's, okay. I don't think so. it doesn't seem fair. And but it seems that people that do musical theater for real, it's they. There's something inside them that's different. Where it's it's a thing you just love more than it's a love thing. It yeah, really is like it, a love thing. It it's like a life reaches choice. its arm down your throat and into your body and like pumps your heart so it's great and shitty at the same time yeah yeah but but the love is so real and to be able to do that and that feeling of what that is to be on stage and to move people make them laugh move them in any way really you get to do it live like you combine acting with a live performance i've only seen like like a couple i've seen cats and (laughs) when i was 11 it was great and then i saw book of mormon like uh, maybe a year ago did you see it here yeah did you love it it was fucking fantastic. I hear it's so good. It I was so good. In my life. It was so good, but I met, I watched it and, you know, and I recognized a couple of the actors as just like guys I see around cuz mm-hmm. cuz they're kind of nerdy looking. And I was like, this is so much work. Like mm-hmm. these guys have been on stage now for hours. They've all been hilarious and then sang some songs and danced mm-hmm. and I was like this is so much effort and focus to do this well. And I know they're not making a ton of money. It's just this is a thing they have. They, it's a thing they have to do. Yeah. In that, that where I think maybe it's having those skills, having the skills that you have. It must. I mean, I is it like? Does it like just feel physically and emotionally good to use all your talents kind of at once? 
I don't think it's that. I think that if you have, if you are able to do those things, if you're able to sing and you're able to dance, yeah, it's something that you feel like you have to do. It's like being, to me, it feels like, like anything. Like you could never stop doing, you, you are, you're, you're an artist and you've, you're a comedian. You have other stuff beyond, you know, going to auditions and trying to book the next series. That's what I, th- you could never not do that. I couldn't do those. When things. I think about it, it's like, it, it, to me, it's like if I could do all those three things at the same exact time. That would, would you be like, like that? I I think I don't know, but like I think when I think about the difference between the kind of acting I do versus like a Broadway performance, like you get to express yourself using like th- way more like skills and and like attributes at the same time. So you're kind of doing what like you're kind of like if I'm in a, a scene I really like, it's like well imagine if I sang at the end <laughs> and then danced and I was really good at those things. Yeah, and, and in so in front of so a like, crowd. Yeah, in front of a yeah. crowd. <laughs> And so I was like physically exhausted. I sang, but it was like I used all of me at the same time. That's why I think uh, that, that to I've me. I've never heard it put that way. And it's that to me really speaks nice. to why people get so, why Broadway performers are so like almost like addicted to it, where it's like they make these sacrifices to do it because they're like, you get to kind of, you get to sell an idea using more of you than most other people that are even in the arts, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's like something releases in your brain, a chemical releases in your brain when you're able to express yourself to such an extent. If you think about it, it's all different sides. You have like you, you have the left and right side. You, the dan- There's no way dancing, singing, and memorizing lines and acting live on the same side. I mean, yeah, I guess it, it's, it is a bit addictive. And then the thing that's terrible, though, is that you'll get into a place where you feel awesome about it, and then you'll have, and this is the thing that is such an emotional roller coaster about it is that you'll give the same performance the next night to a bunch of people that are just don't give a shit are not laughing, nothing. And then that destroys you. And then you keep going back trying to get the same thing to happen again. Chasing the dragon. Get that feeling to Mm. come back. So that was, I I had a question pretty much related to that. Like when you're doing a play for long enough, does, do you ever, because say you're on stage for two hours and you're, you're singing, you're dancing, you're moving around, you're, you're, performing with every fiber of your being does it ever get easier because after like performance number 30 like you have the material down and you know every move and every step and every yeah so does it ever get like well it's like if you lift if you do if you go to the gym and you lift 10 pounds and a bicep curl 10 times three sets by a certain extent you're going to just get so good at it it's not doing anything for you anymore because your body just knows how to automatically do it. So yeah, there are also times where you know something so well and you you can automatically do it that you'll find yourself in the middle of it not remembering the last five minutes. Like, you know, when you're driving and you don't, you're you're up in your head and you don't, that happens on stage, which is also terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, and that's the thing that's hard is that I think that that's what's changed about theater since the 80s is that, you know, the 80s brought all those Andrew Lloyd Webber mega musicals that are still running to this day. Yeah. Um, I mean, Phantom, certainly. And now you have Wicked, which has just had its 10-year anniversary last year. Were you year. in Wicked? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, but on the road. I did it on the road. Okay. That's all. Touring is a nightmare. Yeah, I want to know more about that. Well, you guys tour, but not for like an entire year. Yeah, not for extended periods. And you're tra- traveling with a bunch of In people. In a caravan with of a theater nerds. Bunch yeah. of people, like not just theater nerds, like people, but to be around the same 25 people is, it's it's like Big Brother. So unusual, like, really yeah. bad shit goes down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just imagine, uh, Nick and I have talked about this. I hate singing. I think I've talked, have I ever told you that? 
I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that, but I don't think I don't mind when people like me. you sing because it's your job and you're super good at it. You don't know that. I've yeah, I do. I've heard you. You, I heard you in the beginning of the yeah, podcast, you're always you singing sort of, a little bit, and I was like, yeah. "Sounds pretty good." Yeah, yeah, you're always kind of like things come out of you. You don't really know you're doing them, but like, Wait. I don't like singing. I, I people tend to sing when it's not necessary and unwanted. Yeah. Did you just try to eat a pear after eating like a super sweet cookie? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Well, I was just kind of thinking, oh, I'll do something healthy. It'll erase the fact that I just ate half of a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, no. That's not how it works? Nope, no. <laughs> Maybe by chewing it, I'll have burned some of the sugar off <laughs> from the cookie. <laughs> but then you're getting the sugar from the pear. Well, it's not like refined. It's different sugar, That's isn't true. It? All it's I can think sugar. of whenever I see a pear now, I just think of Rick Ross. Rick Ross, you know, the f- super fat rapper? Yeah. He lost all this weight, and someone asked him why. He's like, I've been eating a lot of pears. And he goes, shout out to pears. <laughs> <laughs> so, and wow. people made like a million memes out of it. That's shout funny. out to all the pears. Yeah. yeah. But I can, like, I would imagine the road with a Broadway company is just the amount of just superfluous kind of spontaneous singing must be really something. Or it's you really all just a matter of like superfluous fucking. It's just a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Let's that's become Broadway touring people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's what, you, that's another thing you hear is like musical theater people always fuck a lot. <laughs> well, the thing is, the problem is. You really do. You've never heard that? No, I've heard that about dancers. They do. I've heard I've, every musical theater person. I'm like, how much fucking is going on during plays? They're like all everywhere, all the time. Huh? Is there a lot of drama? Oh God, yes. Huh. That sounds like as I was saying that it was such a dumb thing to ask about musical theater. Yeah. Is there a lot of drama? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's like if you spend enough time with somebody and you're feeling like, oh, there's nobody else around. Let me make bad decisions with you. It just happens. Yeah. Um, I, some people thrive in touring. You save a bunch of money because you they pay for your expenses and you just save everything that you make. And people buy apartments and. Stuff like that, but it's it's like every week or three weeks you're living in a new hotel room. You get sick so easily. It's just it's messed up, mm-hmm. and it's it's not a I don't know. I want to go home to the same place every day. You know, there's something about that. And yeah. do you have like, I mean, time during the day when you're in these cities to like go do shit and explore? Well, yeah, and but if you're in like time? Des Moines, how much are you going to see? I mean, I went on one corn maze, but that was one afternoon mm. of my life. You know right. what I mean? How many of those can you do? Yeah. And you know, I saw the bridges of Madison County in outside of Des Moines once, and then that was like, okay, I did that. Yeah. How long are you in Des Moines? I've been to Des Moines twice. <laughs> I have spent a total, I believe, of three or four weeks in Des Moines. Dang. Wow. And it's great. Like, Iowa is fantastic. It's not fantastic to live in a hotel in Iowa and be limited to corn mazes in the bridges of Madison County. But, you know, it's tough. And, you, and your family's not there and your people aren't there. And that's why if it's all your only people or the 25 people you're touring with, yeah, that's why, you know. How many out of those 25 did you end up hating? I mean... <laughs> Not forever, but it during the, you know, at that moment. I probably hated all of them at one point in time. I <laughs> yeah. mean, if you see people enough, I mean, I think it's anything that you do like that for a long period of time. So I ran, the, I was in that for a year. I did, I did a show on Broadway for six months. 
something dramatic always happens to your body. So when I was on tour, I lost 15 pounds. When I was on Broadway, I gained 10 because all I was doing was like my character would die and I would drink a gin and tonic and, you know, eat 25 chocolates in my friend's dressing room. You know, it's like, (laughs) but anything you do is you're, you know, because it is such a physical exertion. You're eating dinner at like weird hours of day. Your schedule is all, it just messes up your body chemistry and people get so sick and, you know, it's, it's just, it's very taxing, but also very, 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 very wonderful and so rewarding at the same time, especially if you're allowed to create a character, which people here in TV film get to do all the time. Everything yeah. is being done for the first time, but in theater, if you're creating a character with people that you respect and feel like you can be, um, you know, do you can do anything in front of and fuck up and as many times as you want and be given the license to, you know, run around and try stuff because you have four weeks of rehearsal to do that to fully realize a character as opposed to showing up at set at 5.30 in the morning and banging it out. It's really amazing. It's it's an amazing thing. And to like be in it with people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? What a, now but then there but also there's like all the, the, the reviews and stuff seem so much gnarlier. Oh god, I can't I, like there's like a whole industry of people that just go to the like they you know And shit on you. Just yeah. Trash I place. read my <laughs> reviews after I opened my Broadway show and I was shit on by Ben Brantley and that was the worst Which day show? of my life. I did Bullets Over Broadway. Okay. And it was one of those things that you, I like opened my veins for, and then to have somebody sit there and be like, she was okay at first, but then I didn't really get what she was doing (laughs) or like, I can't remember exactly what he said. And you're like, I knew I was doing that show for a year. I spent all this time building this character. I was the only actress to play the character through readings and workshops and, or sorry, the lab and everything. And it's, and then you wake up the next morning and like some guy, basically says to the world that you stink you're like oh shit that's the last time i'll do that but it was yeah. important to do it the first time and it was really awful wow but then lots of people have nice things to say but it's like that's the crazy thing about that paper and that's why people like alec baldwin or james franco go on rants about it because that paper can keep a show open or single-handedly close it it's crazy which paper is this the new york times oh the new york this is the new york times reviewer yeah okay. yeah that's insane yeah. Like one guy. One guy to be like, you suck. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then, it, and then you like take that, it seriously, which is crazy. It's like that Emily Nussbaum lady at The New Yorker. Yeah. She does TV and film, but like, there's, it's weird. There's still like a small, a very tiny group of critics that can like really fucking, they, their reach is really deep. Yeah. And so they can really fuck with you if it's they want really, to. It's really, it's fucked up. Did you guys see Birdman? I did. They shot that at the theater that I was in. Oh, no way. Yeah. and uh, It's a cool-looking theater. It's Which a, theater is that? It's Saint, the St. James, James. But there, the backstage, yeah. because of the way they shot it, the continuous shots of him walking, you're, if you've been to that theater, you're watching, you're like, where the fuck is he now? Because it's I don't know how they cut it together to have it seamlessly work. Because yeah. he'd be going up a stairwell and then make a left, and there's no hallway there, and all of a sudden he'd be in a hallway. Interesting. It was really crazy. But that whole scene where he's with that reviewer and she's like, I'm going to destroy your play. Yeah. That's what when you were talking about. Based on just how I feel about you as a human being. It's like, fuck. Yeah. That's what was going through my head when you were talking about that reviewer. I'm like, I wonder if there's anything like that woman in Birdman who was like an awful monster. Diablo Cody was a critic and she said in an interview, she goes, yeah, every once in a while I'd I'd write a bad review just because I'd written too many good ones in a row. 
Uh-huh. Like it was arbitrary. And you can't write a lot of good reviews as a critic because it makes the people think you're stupid. Well, then you're not criticizing. Yeah. You're just praising. You're a praiser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't take you seriously or trust your opinion if you yeah. just like everything. I mean, and it's who better. Knows? It's it's more fun for people to read negative shit. That's the thing. If you were just like things are all amazing, or but if you're like this person sucked and here's I why. I read this like, really shitty thing about like. It was about Jennifer Aniston and Julianne Moore's performances that they got nominated for or whatever. Right. And what I found most annoying was the assumption that the critic was making was like, she does it this way and she tries to do it this way. And it's like, you you literally are just guessing. Like, it was like, her mode of expression is this. And it's like, you literally don't know that. You don't know any of that. You weren't there with the director. You don't know what the director said to them. Like, you don't know I mean, any of their decision-making. You're literally just guessing. Critics are just basing that, that stuff off of past performances. I guess. But even then, they're, they're so limited in that, like, they're not actors. Or if there's music critics or food critics, it's like they're not doing this themselves a lot of the time. They're just critics. I don't know. I mean, the thing that's, that I find so sad, honestly, and something that would just break me in half if somebody asked me after doing theater and television, oh, would you be a critic for my magazine? Is that when you get to a place where you like, if, I would imagine you're a theater lover if you're a theater critic. Yeah. But then to put yourself in a position where everybody in a field that you love loathes you to yeah. such a degree yeah. that you can't show your face with people that, people you respect, b- performers that you're fans of because everybody just hates your guts and it's a way to alienate yourself from something that you love and i just think that that i would imagine that that's really hard and can you imagine doing that and making that decision to it just criticize like, something that you yeah. love and, and to be seen as like that person ripped me apart and even if they liked the last thing i did like you know i don't know i think like flat out criticism to me like like people that make a living off just shitting on stuff like outright like uh, this is terrible don't participate in this restaurant album play oh, movie tv show yeah it's crazy i think like the best way to criticize is by omission you just don't discuss it yeah. you talk about the good shit if you're like hey i i review plays these are the good ones here's why a lot of amazing actors or whatever and then the bad ones you don't and like good criticism would be like satire. You make fun of stuff. Well, that's a really good point. But the thing that is so deplorable nowadays is that literally everybody decides that they're a fucking critic. Yeah. So they'll get on a Twitter and bash stuff. And it is like, way Are you less fucking crazy. It is way less. And criticism is way less important than it was once was. Oh, I mean, there's no way critics love the Lion King that hard. But it's certain to, like certain things just stay for a long time because they're popular. Like they don't have as much power as they used to because the the I don't I couldn't name that many critics because who gives a shit like where, from which like ain't it cool whatever or whatever thing website like I'd be I would have occasionally look up the show uh, Masters of Sex and I would be surprised at like because they Google will organize them by like the ones that get the most traffic mm-hmm. and one of it was just like this weird it was a website with a name you would kind of giggle at. Like Zoinks, you know, like something like (laughs) Zoinks Media TV. And I was like, oh, no, this is one that like matters. Yeah. Like it, but it was high up. I was like, I would never fucking listen to shit. That is something that is crazy about theater, though, is that that one paper does have so much power and people. It's like the review that people wait on. And I mean, who knows? It's just 
I mean, what I I just hate more than anything that I mean, like papers, all of those publications. I just can't believe that people are getting on Twitter or you know YouTube commenting mm-hmm. on literally anything and tearing anybody down that they can because that's what you just said. You were like, people like to read bad reviews. Yeah, people like to see people like gossip because somehow by somebody else positive. getting torn down, it makes them feel better about their life, even if whatever they're talking about has nothing to do with them. Yeah. you know, it's just yeah. And there's too much of that. Like that noise is so loud now on the internet. Like yeah. everyone's a critic. Everyone hates this. Everyone's offended by this. Everyone's a problem with this. That after a while, you're like, I don't fucking care what anyone is criticizing because you're just another guy with a slightly better job than the guy with the fucking YouTube channel or the Twitter page or whatever. I just like when I watch movies now, I don't even I don't even read the synopsis. I don't read any reviews. I just go, do I like the actors that are in that? Okay, yeah, I'm going to watch. I didn't know anything about Birdman. Yeah, at all. I just people were like, it's really good. I'm like, I don't want to hear anything else. But I'm like, Edward Norton's in it, Michael Keaton's in it, and it's about Broadway or whatever. I'm like, I'm going, I and it feels that way, way better that way. Didn't know nothing about it. No trailer, no critic reviewing this and that because that shit sticks in your head. It's like starting a book and not know and not yeah. reading the back of the jacket or something. I love just that going on that journey. You yeah. know what I mean, oh. yeah, every page is a surprise. Allow yourself to have a story told to you. It's like yeah. going online to watch a trailer for something. It's why can't we just... Yeah, because even a trailer is, is trying to tell you it. Well, nowadays you watch a trailer and you're like, I feel like I just saw the movie. <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the worst. I know. I mean, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I just, the whole thing drives me crazy. I just remember when they did... Anytime they do NBC Live, right? They do these live broadcasts of musicals now. Last year they did Sound of Music and then they just did Peter Pan. And well, I didn't know. Where, where, where do they do that? They do on it live NBC. on a soundstage in Long Island. It is a Whoa. incredible feat that they do this. Because they used to do this back in the day. I mean, live television, live performance on television yeah. was a thing. And so NBC is like, we're going to do it. We're going to do live broadcasts of... These performers are legitimately singing on a soundstage and the cameras are going from set to set within Whoa. this giant thing that they've built. And it was like Allison Williams played Peter Pan... And all these incredible Broadway actors were, were in this thing. And every year now, people get on Twitter and live tweet it <laughs> yeah. and live tweet, live hate tweet it. Basically. I probably followed 10 people that live tweeted the Peter Pan thing. And I was like, get a fucking life. Oh, I remember some of the, that's what that was. Then. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, where are people if you watching blast Peter out, Pan? If you want to blast out something about it, fine. But don't blast out the shitty stuff yeah. <laughs> that you think about this. Because bottom line is, if you're in this business and you understand what they attempted to do it's fucking incredible yeah. i mean to even do that and also i can't imagine being in it and how terrifying that is it's different than live theater because you have millions of viewers all over the country mm-hmm. if you fall on stage one night it's sort of just a great story if you fall on stage yeah. during peter pan live oh yeah like, also Jesus. christopher walken's in it who the fuck knows that, that guy may just go to the zoo on you at any point and like he, dude, it, he played he played Hook, but yeah. Captain Hook. Like, who knows? They're like, you know, who'd be great for live television? Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. You don't went, know what's gonna fuck. And it then happen. nine other people went, great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it literally. It. I don't. I. That was one of those things. I was like, why would you do this to yourself? Why would Why would a company do this to themselves? Why would people do this to themselves? He's also Christopher Walken. He's like, I'm so still ballsy. gonna be Christopher Walken when this is over, and everybody's gonna attempt to imitate my voice. Like, I will right. be me forever, and I'll do whatever the fuck I want. It's like Bill Murray. Yeah. Bill Murray can do whatever he wants. And he does. And he does. 
I love it. Do you like when like uh, when TV and film actors cross over into Broadway? Do people ever have a problem with like that guy has no stage training? My thing is that I'm like, no. If you worked hard and you're a television star or a mm. movie star, and your name is going to keep a show open for all of these New York actors that are not as known to be in, yeah, I'm all like, do it. You know, it's. I don't think that it's a bummer if they stink, but oftentimes they don't. I mean, I think, and, and that's the other thing is that now, unfortunately, to get a a play produced, in many cases, you have to have a recognizable name. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, recognizable names were oftentimes theater names, and so they were all theater people. But to keep a show open. You have to have it headlined by Emma Stone or something like that. Jason yeah. Biggs and The Graduate. Stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, I think you can spend a lot of energy being pissed about it, but it's also like, well, that's how it is. And they worked hard in their own right, and they want to go tackle a Broadway show. And in my experience with working with television stars in theater. Oh, yeah, you did. You literally just did that. I did that. They work so hard. They're nervous about it. They, they are have just as emotionally prove. invested in it. And they have something to prove. It's a way more nerve-wracking position yeah. to be in than yeah. if you cast, you know, you know, jo- Johnny beautiful voice in the thing. He's like, I've been doing this since I was in community theaters yeah. in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> like, and they're not dumb people. I imagine Zach Braff knew everyone was like, let's see it, dude. Go ahead. And that's exactly what he did. And that kid went to voice lessons. He like, and, and, and I, I have huge amounts of respect for that, for even taking the risk to go into a medium that you're not used to. I can't imagine how terrifying that must well, be. Well, your failure is going to be a sh- way bigger story if you stink. Yeah. And it's a big story. Yeah, there's more story. eyes on that you. That takes yeah. guts, man. That yeah. takes guts. I don't have problems with it. And again, if you worked hard to get somewhere, go do it. Just like if I work hard to be great and like there, somebody like Andrew Rannells became a name from doing theater. I mean, that's incredible because of Book, Book of Mormon. And now yeah. he's in movies he's on and girls and he had and his stuff. own show on NBC. Exactly. And he became a name because of doing something incredible in theater. I mean, Josh Gad even, I think, you know, took leaps forward from doing that play. And that's No, amazing. both of them became legit names from that play. And they completely deserve it because they're two of the funniest people. Yeah. I mean... That Andrew kid is a, a ray of light. I know. I love him. He's fantastic. Yeah. And Josh Gad's hilarious. Hilarious. The two of them in that show was I, I wish not I, to be believed. I wish I could have seen them because the the cast I saw was t- unbelievable. Well, and that yeah, and it was like so they were like great the nerdy seventh, people to do this shit. They were like the seventh team, you know. They were like yeah. the, the seventh group, like two dudes to do it. And I was like, man, this thing is so good. the The original one must have been un, but <laughs> that that play is so fucking funny. God, I really want and to I, And again, see it. So I good. hate singing. I hate singing. And I was like, this is dope. Wait, even in a play, you I hate don't, singing? I just don't enjoy it. You don't like seeing singing or you don't singing yourself? I don't like... No, I can't sing. I don't know how. I thought you were saying you don't like singing No, no, yourself. no. I don't like hearing it. Oh. Wait, what about like in a in music? Like in, Okay, that music, I, I really... To me, there's a very big difference between music and what I call... When sing talking, it's sing talking. I don't enjoy it. Sing-talking. Uh, it's that Broadway sing-talking where they're almost like, it's a dialogue, but they're kind of singing it. 
There's like a melody to, yeah. to dialogue so as opposed to like a full-blown like, song What band. will happen? <laughs> like, yeah. And they sing that they so sing it. So do you like those Stephen Sondheim? A lot of those songs are I've like sing-talking. I've never talking. heard any of them. You would hate it. I'm going to play it for you later. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to drive you insane later. By <laughs> to see what song. happens to your face. <laughs> so yeah, sing-talking you hit. Yeah, it's very musical. Yeah, it's theater-y. the sing-talking. Yeah. If, when, they, when they sing just like a song. They do that in Family Guy a lot. Yeah, I don't like, like a Family song. Guy. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, Book of Mormon was one of the best things I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah, and it's because so also it's really dirty. There's it's really oh, it's dirty, filthy. and then they bring out. I don't want to ruin it for you because you'll okay. go see it now. Yeah. Now that we've been. It's great. About it. It's it. Is it still running anywhere though? I don't think it's, it's still I think running it's, on Broadway. It's still on tour. It's in London. I mean, that thing is everywhere. Man. Yeah. It's the, the thing that's Park, impressive guys. about it is the guys were getting. Legitimate laughs you would respect as a comedian. Yeah, and then they would dance and sing. So you were like, I would. I was watching. I was like, that motherfucker's really funny. Like, really funny. Like as funny as anyone I know. And then he did a bunch of singing and dancing with those weird mics they put on their foreheads. See, okay, so you say that, and this is making me feel very good about myself that I'm able to do these things. But then I get so addicted to watching stand up comedy. I've seen you do stand up comedy. I could never, I mean, I guess I could if you do it enough times, but I would imagine even the first one out the gate, the first 10 out of the gate, oh God. First 10, first like first, a like, few hundred. First like few years of your life yeah. trying to do this, you, it's like, it's a friend of mine is the funniest person I know and people ask him all the time, would you do stand-up comedy? He's like, no, I'm funny at like a dinner party, but doing stand-up comedy is a totally different thing. Being a funny person and a stand-up comic, it's like, oh God, I mean... Jesus Christ. And the brains that it takes. Everybody's so smart. And, you know, oh, God, it's just... I, and I've, I've been watching so much of it lately because I, I love it. And every time I watch it, I think I'm laughing, but I'm also like, how is this happening? <laughs> how do they know that we'd laugh at this random thing? Your learning curve would be pretty high, though, because you already You'd be way perform live on stage. Anxiety. Right, but it'd be too much of a pussy to actually do it. Does that make sense? Like, I would never actually... I don't know. I'd go think through you with probably that. do it. You would just need the right jokes. Well, exactly. Yeah, oh, or, oh, just that? <laughs> or like a funny story or something. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. If you prepared a little bit. Well, you, that, yeah. Yeah, you, you could do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you'd get like a standing ovation. It would go great. But you, it wouldn't, you'd finish and be like, oh, that wasn't that like painful. Or you'd just get so scared you'd start singing. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what this reminds me of and then you just yeah. sing your ass off and be like ah it was good I'm out of here That's everybody who like knows people who do music theater or, ha- or don't know people who do musical theater are like so do you just like break out in song just randomly <laughs> break out that's what I thought and you're like that's no. what I literally think that's not what happened I did put together and I, I did songs I did a concert I did my own concert and I, I'm a big fan of Blossom Deary who's this jazz singer and I did a concert at 54 Below and I wrote some jokes for it and it was very satisfying oh. <laughs> um, but so that wait, was what do you mean you did a concert of, pardon what do you mean you did a concert like like it was an evening of Helena York singing Blossom Deary songs oh with a, with a bass drums and a piano Oh wow, that's cool. It was very cool. It was like but one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. Yeah. Because you're up there by yourself like what you guys do and you're like hope an hour of me is enough for you. <laughs> yeah. Cuz usually it's like me and a bunch of other people for like a little bit longer of a period of time. Oh, it was crazy. Pretty ballsy. But so rewarding. 
but terrifying. Wow. So you sang a bunch of songs and then in between you were like little banter yeah, jokes. Like, but try not to do too much banter because you go to these concerts that musical theater people do and you're like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck Did up. you do any crowd work? What do you mean? Like got into you're the Like crowd? where are you from? Like that? <laughs> I didn't do any of that. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> I was one of those things where I almost feel like I blew through everything because I just wanted to get out of there and be like, was that okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. What sparked the the desire to do that? You're like, I just want to do I want to be express I want to express myself in like a different way uh, or by myself I want to know what that feels like was it kind of that your play was going to be such a big deal you were now able to they could like be like this yeah is the lady I was from asked thing. The, okay. the venue asked me if I had ever thought about doing something like that and I had because I'm a huge I mean it's it was just a good jumping off point because I'm a huge Blossom Deary fan I listen to her music all the time and I was always they're really fun arrangements of songs that you're sort of like oh that's great and so I wanted to do those. And so I put it together. And then it ends up being one of those things where you're like, oh, my God, this is so much work. And also, it's costing me money to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. To, you know, pay my musicians and pay for rehearsal time and for arrangements and stuff oh, like that. Oh, well, yeah. But in the end, people come and you're just, you do it and it's, it's great. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it came about. But so, that's kind of like a historic thing to do. Anna Lee did it too at yeah. the same place. Right. I don't remember how what her her theme was theme, but yeah, yeah. I know. It's like a fancy thing. It's a uh, yeah, sure. It's a very it's a very <laughs> New York thing. It's a very live New York thing. Yeah, it's a fancy New York thing. Yeah, that shit never happens in L.A. What do you think of the theater scene in L.A.? Is there a theater scene? Like, how does that? It's like Kevin went to go see Book of Mormon. Everybody who was in L.A. and Book of Mormon auditioned for that show in New York. Right. Oftentimes stuff at the Amundsen. I just choked on my own spit. Um, <laughs> just kidding. A pair. Um, stuff at the Amundsen and stuff that they auditioned for. It comes out of New York. and. So but there's no like, oh. the, there's, LA doesn't have like a Broadway. There's no like district the or pan, area. Pantages no. and that's kind of Just it. that. <laughs> there is some interesting stuff happening like at the Geff. Was it what is like the Geffen in Santa Monica? Yeah, the Playhouse. And also Geffen the, Playhouse, the, yeah. the Mark Taper. The Mark Taper Forum yeah. and the Amundsen. And, yeah. Um, and then there's also like the Broad stage and all that stuff in Santa Monica. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But no. I think if you want to be <laughs> doing theater, like doing theater. Move to New York. Move to New York. If you move, live in LA and you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to be in this play, then that's awesome. And there is a, still a scene for that. What about like. Uh, because it works like this with stand-up where there's like L.A. and New York are the big cities. But then there's smaller markets that are also really good to like develop and get good at, at comedy. So does theater have like a third city like, like Chicago? Because okay. I mean they have um, – what's that theater there? The Steppenwolf? Steppenwolf. The Steppenwolf that is – And they is super developed, serious. They developed like August Osage County – and amazing stuff. And they have a built-in company there. Also, Minneapolis has... I think really? Steppenwolf, too, has like a, a ton of exceptionally good film actors have come out of that company. Yeah. Wow. It's like Willem Dafoe, uh, maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like It's people that are like incredibly serious. Like I think maybe John C. Riley. Yeah. Like the group of, it's a very yeah. famous, famous. Like It's incredibly serious and like yeah. the real deal. Because you have to audition to be a part of that company, I think, to be a part of their company of actors that work internally, like specifically with them. So it would go Ch- uh, New York first. Yeah. And then Chicago second. I would maybe put Chicago second. I don't know. And then Minneapolis. That seems like Minneapolis a has, field. What is that theater? Is it the Geffen? I just said the Geffen was in LA. I'm all turned around. 
There's this, I've been there, I cannot believe this, beautiful giant theater complex in Minneapolis. Another wow. really great, super serious mm-hmm. acting company. Okay. So there's stuff all over. Toronto, That there's a theater scene there. And because uh, they have also, uh, like Stratford is up in um, Canada. They have their own Shakespeare theatery stuff. I mean, theater's, there's one of those things too where it's like if you want to do it no matter where you live there's places for you to be able to do it to at least get started yeah but you have to be in new york if you really want to do it like do it do it yeah although somebody like um uh the girl who's playing um uh carol (laughs) tapestry come on and beautiful i like how you think nick and i are gonna be able to chime in and fix this yeah (laughs) Oh, we'll use our extensive theater knowledge yeah. to uh, help um, you f- remember this name. I, I cannot. I, c- I can't believe this. I saw cats. <laughs> have to st- I have to stop talking because now I've driven Jesse by the Pantages before. <laughs> but Jesse Mueller just won the Tony Award, and she like came out of Chicago, and she was in Chicago mm-hmm. for like most of her twenties, and like came to New York to do a play with um, Harry Connick Jr. And people were like, "Who's this girl?" And now she's gigantic, Chicago. Yeah. So. But how do you, and I've said this to you many times when you're like, I'm going to go do this play. And I'm like, do you hate money? And yeah, you, you say, ask me yes, that a lot. Yes, I hate money. Well, I mean, I made money. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. But it, the problem is you're making money in the most expensive city in America. Well, it's also the thing that drives, the thing that always feels like an abuse is that here you make money. And then a couple months later, you make more money by doing nothing, by just having the work you did working for you out yeah. there. You a check just gets there that you didn't know you were gonna get, and yeah. it's like, oh look, money. I will never make a dime off of yeah. my theater pursuits. I'll never see that money uh, never again. Oh yeah, it's not just, even for singing the songs on the album. Nope, you pr- get paid a fee to do the album, and that's the end. Whoa, wow, yeah. It so used it's to just, be too. If you want to hear a little gripey gripe, yeah. So the guys who developed Book it's of Mormon, of for podcast. example, this is one of the last times this happened. Um, they did a workshop. So when you do a workshop under the equity contract, you get points, like uh, intellectual property points, yeah. essentially. So when that show does well, you still make money on it because you get a percentage of what it makes forever. Yeah. That's cool. And so you make some money from that. Yeah. So, but then recently, they, they producers realized they could take advantage of the lab contract, which is the same sort of developmental process, but you, don't, they, you get paid a little bit more to do it. And by a little bit more, I mean a little bit more to do it, no points on the back end. And so then now they're, they, you don't get that workshop money anymore wow. for having that. And because you don't, because the part of that is getting the right of first refusal and all of this. So, they have to offer it to you, and if they don't, you still make money on it. And I mean, it's it's a bummer. Like the money just keeps getting almost worse. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, the money's getting worse in everything, but yeah, you're starting out with not the most money in the, to begin with. But also, again, it's like you said, it's I can't imagine not doing theater. Is there a level like you know, like uh, the name I know of as a successful theater person is Patty Lupone. She's like an yeah. icon. Well, she I makes, she's no making idea. a box office cut. If yeah, she so she's show. making tons yeah. and tons and tons of money. Who is well, this person? Uh, she was the mom on Life Goes On. Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> she's reaching she's, way back. Yeah, she was the she mom is, on Life Goes On. She's a Broadway she legend. She was Evita. Like, she's the original oh. Evita. She's like Broadway. a legend to Broadway people. She's a legend. Cool. Yeah. Okay. 
So, but she's like making, is it, so there is a level where you make tons of money. Well, that's also the reason you start doing concert stuff and start having solo evenings because if you do, if you're Patti Lapone with the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. Right. That's where they start to make money is if you go on tour. It's like Kristen Chenoweth is the same thing. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. She also has, she has an Emmy Award and stuff, but she'll tour and sing with, you know, I feel like she's just started doing that in the last few like years, right? Where all of a sudden no, she's... No, the last like 10 or 15. Like right, is probably right when she left Wicked. She was like, and now let's make some millions. Well, and, well not only that, she also has a Tony Award from before Wicked, from when oh. she did like You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. I mean, she's not a joke. That woman is a... Oh no, she's serious. She's very serious. And she's going back to Broadway now to do the 20th century, but she's doing it with Roundabout Theater Company, which is a not-for-profit in New York City. So she's making as much money as the as the... The person with one line standing next to her. Oh, oh nice. nice. That's cool. Because you do something you love and you go back to it. I've always been... Her and Peter Gallagher are doing that. Terrifyingly impressed by her. She's she was really good on the West Wing. Never saw that. Everybody was good on the West Wing. <laughs> she was really good on the West Wing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you... Yeah, I mean, this is... Theater's no fucking joke. It's no like joke. New York, Broadway, theater's no and joke. Then, and this is the thing that's the kicker, is that I can go out and drink a lot and have an amazing night and go shoot something the next day and be fine. If you do that, if I do that in theater and your voice sounds crappy and you oh, can't yeah. do it, you can't do it. You can't fucking do it. You know what I mean? How often do people get fired during plays? Or is you it more of just an understudy situation? That's where you are protected because you get fired. They still have to... You can't just like terminate somebody's contract if the show is still running. Oh, really? And not you have to still pay them and stuff. Oh, so, so even doesn't if happen that often. Like if you're showing up hungover all the time, or like yeah, you can get fired. Now every character doesn't have an understudy. Some of them do more than one person. Every character has an understudy. So there's this, like two casts. Every, every well, no, because some some of them are on stage covers. So so th- the role I played had two covers. Um, all of the two leads, understudies. Two, yeah, two understudies. One was a swing, so she's an offstage cover, and one was a girl who was in the ensemble who covered the, the character. Did, the, did you ever have to take... Because you got sick. Did I, you have I taken that I had major vocal problems, so I, but I only missed like three performances in the middle of the run for that. Okay. How often are you losing your voice? All the talking and singing? A lot, and especially for that show, I did a character voice, so I basically yeah. was screaming <laughs> three hours a night. But right. for you, is that weird? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I had to, I was on steroids. What? Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> they give you, you know, oral steroids, and you don't Whoa. speak for three days. You you sweat like a monkey, and you go to work. What like, was the throat like issue? Was it like polyps or like? Well, it's like you know, it's one of those things where nobody's voice is meant to to do that much. Yeah, and so people freak out when they have problems. But you're like, be patient with yourself. I think it's like anything with injuries it, in this sort of in in that business with injuries, vocal injuries, or anything on your body. You can make a big deal out of it and freak yourself out, or you can just be like, "I'm a I'm a human body. Like I, yeah, I, shit's gonna go down if I'm if I'm asking this much of it. Yeah, I can either freak out about it or you know just press on. And so yeah, so I have I've had vocal nodules since I was like 18 years old, and then they developed into like what did he call them? They were pseudocysts at this point, mm. and then had to be on steroids. And do you get them removed or how does that work? You can have surgery. I've never had surgery. 
But it's also one of those things where if you're like me and you keep perpetuating bad habits, <laughs> if you get surgery, they're just going to come back. Right, right. Do your bosses sympathetic about that stuff because it's pretty normal? Um, they're getting, they're becoming more sympathetic about vocal stuff in theater. It's now becoming a workman's comp issue, I think, finally. They're considered, you can go to the ENT on workman's comp, uh-huh. considering it like a work injury. But um, no, it's it's hard. You're expected to be there. How many people oversee, like, because if, if you're doing a TV show, there's all these different levels of, like, people. There's tons of people. Judging you. There's, like, there's casting. There's producers. There's a studio. There's a network. There's, like, all these different levels of, mm-hmm. like, people with input and notes and all this shit. In a play, it seems like there's probably way less. There is way less. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to go through, like, studio and network tests. But you audition like for longer. There's, it's a, isn't it a longer process? Sometimes. I mean, I went in for, for Bullets Over Broadway. I went in three times. Okay. And on the third time, Susan, like, apologized to me. <laughs> but was not necessary. Three times is is about as much as it'll happen. Sometimes it'll happen more, which is frustrating, but... Yeah, three times. But then the worst is when you have to go to like a dance audition. <laughs> especially, yeah. especially when you're me and you're like, oh. Because you just had a bunch of muffins. Yeah, I just ate like a bunch <laughs> of cookies and then a pear and yeah. tried to do this. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah, the thing is already written. Like bullets over Broadway is like, it's not going to get go through a bunch of notes processes. and I w- It does though. No, they but yeah, during the... He changed tons of lines and added tons of jokes that really? Like, were really great for stage. and Okay. I mean, that was crazy. Do they change the songs at any point during the like? What, what do you call it? The what do you call the process when you're we workshopping it or preview? Pre like when you have in front of an. Well, we did we did a two readings, a lab, which was the developmental like on your feet thing, and then we did Broadway, and uh, they were all already existing 1920s tunes. Uh, okay. Not a lot of the songs changed. I mean, some of them got made shorter, and there was like a song added. But the best with him was... Um, when you sorry, say him, t- you mean Woody Allen? I do. I mean Woody Allen. Fair enough. <laughs> well, he was like hands-on involved in this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Woody especially Allen's during, pretty hands-on in all of his aspects of okay. life. <laughs> and especially when She's we got like, into okay, the moving theater. On. <laughs> um, especially when we got to the theater and we were in front of audiences, you got to play with jokes and stuff. And anytime something didn't work, I would go to Susan and be like, um, so I don't know that this is really working. And... She was like, well, go go talk to him about it. And I was like, go talk to him? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's yeah. like, talk to him. And I would go up to him and you would come up with shit. And then he would write stuff that you're like, um, okay. And you do it for an audience and it would kill. It would just fucking, a joke about the word id would just like kill. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, that I've man knows he how to write, write a, a joke. fucking joke. I've heard his Woody stand up. Speaking of stand up, have writer. you guys watched his stand up from like the 60s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is good. Yeah. Yeah. He had that one album, Woody Allen stand up. He also comic used to do, really and I'm not a Woody Allen guy at all, but he used to, some of the things he would do on TV, he, that was the first time. Like he would do, like when he'd go on Ed Sullivan, that was like yeah. the first time. He would write towards doing the Sullivan show, and he wasn't like a club guy, so he wasn't like working it out. Yeah. That was the first time he'd said some of that stuff. Well, he went yeah. from like uh, clubs to TV like so fast. Yeah. Like he wasn't even into doing stand up. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I don't know about this. He was always uncomfortable. Next thing you know, he was on TV all the fucking time and just like having to come up with all the yeah. stuff. It's so funny, somebody that uncomfortable being so okay with putting himself out there. It's really, I mean, t- t- he makes a movie every year. Yeah. That's crazy. And it really is. You know, and he's awkward, but to put a movie out every year, 
I mean, every year for like without missing a year, I think. For I don't like think he's 20, missed a year. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah, it's insane, and to have so many of them be like instant classics. <laughs> yeah, is bananas. I mean, there's a lot of Woody Allen movies I have not seen. I've never seen Bullets Over Broadway. Great movie. Yeah, there's just so many though. I'm always like, which one do I need to watch? And then I get frustrated and I like watch something else. <laughs> Because there's so as, like, many. Manhattan is a great movie. Haven't seen that. Great. Annie Hall, Hall I just saw great. for the first time like a year ago. I know, me too. Yeah. Isn't it great? But like Match Point, more recent ones, you know? Those just because it'd be like, in, they're like right there in a the theater. Yeah. I would like go watch them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, I mean, he's good. So he's like, he, so he's involved in the play too. That's awesome. When we left the theater, people would be like, so was Woody Allen involved? And you're like, well, he wrote it. And they're like, yeah, but was he involved? You're like, yeah, he wrote it. <laughs> people ask that question a lot. I just, just I, th- I think like, or at it. least for me, I would think like he wrote it, but then why would he be there? Because he I think to make sure they stuff. weren't fucking it up. Yeah. Because a, a lot of stuff works on camera and then does not work in theater. Right. And you'll do something that works great in a small rehearsal studio and then you'll get on stage in front of a 1,600 person audience and it just doesn't just read. Just crickets. Just crickets. Like, yeah. There was this one joke in particular that um, my friend Brooks would do and it was just this great read on a line about him being in dressing room too and it murdered every time he did it in a room. And then we got in the theater and it just didn't work. Wow. And you have to be okay with saying like, even though I know this kills, I'm okay with not doing it, does which it, is hard. Does it ever like, are there ever nights where like the rhythm is off, like with the yeah. cast and then oh, it yeah. doesn't, tr- and then you're bombing, like the show is oh, bombing. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do? You can't ad lib. Cause you, yeah, you can't, can you turn it around uh, or do you just go like, well, tonight's well, how do you turn it not around good. If like nine, P- that was a show of nine principles, that particular show. How do you turn it around? If you're like, all nine of you are just, you know, it, it, you have a lot more of control over it, I think, if it's just you. If it's just yeah. you up there bombing, you're like, you can <laughs> figure out how to turn an energy around. Maybe, I don't know. Again, I'm yeah, too you terrified can, like, to do that. In stand-up, you can abandon material and do stop. other things. or Yeah, but with us, it's like you're on a train, and so it's hard to get off, man. Especially if it's like not going great. And sometimes yeah. shit would happen where like we'd have to stop the show because something wouldn't be working, and it would be dangerous. And Whoa. you'd have to stop, and like a couple times... Zach would be sweet and come out and like ad lib and say sorry that we had had to stop or anything like that. And wow, um, I mean, stuff happens. I've had to ad lib before, I've ad libbed because I felt like it. Um, yeah, what are the rules with that? It's probably per I've gotten play. in trouble for that in the past, but it's always so worth it because <laughs> then you have this magic moment where like people when you're laughing and then people know that you're laughing and so it's not something that you do on purpose. You know, someone wants to do comedy, Kevin. <laughs> Somebody wants, wants to be to a stand, stand up. up. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't do that. I tell you, but um, I feel like you should try it. Uh, oh God. Sometimes I think about it. And then What's I'm like, tonight? Yeah. Monday. Want to try it tonight? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that kind of person though that would like, I need to plan it. I need to spend months Oh, planning. no, for sure. Plan it. Don't just like walk up to, yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe not months. Okay. Plan for like a couple of weeks. God bless you too. I think I'll come be, watch you guys do stand I think it would be awesome. I tell everyone they should try it. I'm like, I'm like, just try it. What's the fucking worst thing? Like, all people should try something everybody. they're uncomfortable doing. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do in life. Do something that yeah. makes you uncomfortable. Everyone should try karaoke. It's really uncomfortable and weird. I don't everyone do should try stand up. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Escargot. 
Yeah, Everything. another one. Weird, weird <laughs> foods that you think like look Searched weird. And you're or, like, I don't know. What is this going to be like? Yeah, I ate a live shrimp once. What? A live one. We had a sushi place. Cool. It was alive and then you just bit its body I off? just ate it to death. Ate Ew. it to death. I'm actually surprised at you for that. You didn't feel it a little bit It was one of those one? places where you sit and they you don't order. They give you... It's almost like where the chef is like a genius. So he hands you things and it's extremely disrespectful if you don't eat it. And oh now, yeah, they have places like that here. To be LA. fair, they'll yeah. be like, they'll be like, next could be live shrimp or this. And my friend was like, the live shrimp. He's like, just trust me. And it didn't taste any different than any other shrimp except it was the, the feelers moved as you ate oh, it. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope, wow. Nope. Yeah. What place was this? Uh, I feel like it was Sushi Park on Sunset, not that far from the store. Okay. It's this place that's like, it's sort of become the best sushi restaurant in all of LA. Wow. And it's, you know, it's that they, you sit at the counter and they just give you things and it takes forever and it's a lot of food, but they kind of give you what they consider is the best that day. And Live shrimp. That's they, crazy. Yeah. I ate it. How much of LA can you tolerate before you're like, I got to get the fuck out of here and go back to New York? I can tolerate for long, long periods of time. Oh, I love good. it here. People in, in either city want to know which city is better, and I don't think that there's necessarily an answer for it. Yeah, they're too different to do that whole like LA is better, New York's better. But so, when you're used thing, to a city, is better. It's just not. They're both great, great, yeah. great fucking cities. Absolutely, there's so many things to offer. Yeah, both in both cases. I agree. And different kinds of drawbacks. You know, yeah. people complain about traffic here, and I'm like, yeah, but you've dealt with the fucking New York City subway, right? And they're like, yeah, but the. Like no, it's, yeah. No matter how you slice it, getting places that aren't next door is a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. Houston, by the way, I was just in Houston this last weekend, and that oh, is yeah. the traffic. I feel like is worse than here and in, in LA. Really. And the sprawl is yeah. much much bigger than LA. It's people say. Big. People say LA is spread out, and it kind of is compared to Chicago, San Francisco. Texas is a whole other level. Because Texas itself is so enormous. So, like, Houston is just like, yeah, we can build shit far away from this suburb. So, like, a mom and pop bookstore is like 7,000 square feet. Like, it's the size of a supermarket. Like, all the stores are huge. It's not that the size of the place, there's plenty of small places, but the distance between one or the other is for some reason so far away. So, like, the city limits of Austin from one end to the other. Not Austin, Houston. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Houston is 100 miles. Jesus. Are you sure? Is that true? That's it's not like counties and shit? It's like no, actually well, in, Houston. I think e- including like the outer suburbs like Pearland or Pearland, whatever they say, or Sugarland and Pasadena and all those suburbs. It's even more. See, I consider Times Square to be far away from my apartment, but I can see the lights from right. 7th Avenue. And you realize, oh, it's like a, just a couple miles away. It just takes so long to get everywhere there. That's crazy. Like in LA, you can go from Santa Monica, like the ocean, to it took downtown. took forty-five minutes to get here. From where? From Santa Monica, from the Palisades. Pal- that, yeah, that sounds about right. Forty-five minutes. It can take no way traffic. longer. Yeah. Yeah. So Santa Monica to downtown is about eighteen, twenty miles, and people think that's far, but like, yeah. and te- Houston has the biggest. It's one of the biggest cities. Did you cities. like it there? What did you think of it? I mean, I thought it was okay, but I wanted to kind of explore more and do... I, when I go on the road, I like to spend the days like seeing the city and going to where yeah. locals hang How out. How long do you typically go to a city if you go there? It's usually like three days. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe sometimes four, usually three. That's really nice, though. You just get to skip up town. Yeah, I want to see what, how people live and I want to yeah. like... That's eat. the great thing about touring, I think. Yeah, eat at the local places and like if I can right. if I'm going to eat and there's a place that I can eat at in LA, I will not do it. 
because what's the fucking point? Like if there's a Chipotle or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not eating there. I can eat that at home. So I want to yeah. eat, you know, what local. Do you do eat. research before you go? Yeah. Do you have websites? Do you go to specifically? No, I'll just usually Google stuff, and then if there's like a website I run into a lot, that's like, oh, they're pretty good about where to go. New York Times is good. Their travel section yeah. and stuff. They'll be like 36 hours in whatever city. So I'll, I'll I can like always go back to. I'm those. always so impressed when people travel and they like find shit, and you're like, how did you do yeah. that? Because your alternative is staying in the fucking hotel room until the show's at night, and then at night you can't do anything because you're the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like by the time you're done, it's 12:30. And I don't like party anymore, so it's like... When you guys are touring, how big are these places that you're doing it for? Improv, so they're like low hundreds. Oh. Okay. They're anywhere from like 250 to 450. Is improv its own... Because it's always like it's the chain. improv theater. It's is a that chain. a chain? It's okay, a chain. it is. They're own, I mean, they're franchise, so they'll, they'll be like parts of the oh, country where someone you. owns five of them and another where someone owns two or seven or whatever. And do you get booked through that particular company or chain or do you do it through... Either yourself? through the clubs or... Or you do it yourself or you go on the road with people. Oh, okay. I like we you. both go on the road with different people like yeah, yeah, a yeah. fair amount. And yeah. So it's like a mixture. It's a lot of it's freelance shit. So it's either you're doing it yourself through the clubs or your friends are like, go on the road with me. Mm. And yeah. Do you feel like the burp you just blew out was more pear or muffin or cookie? I don't know. It was a lot of... Uh, it was a lot? It was like a lot of coffee. I, I was okay. just going to say, I bet it st- started strong. I was like, <laughs> With cookie, then ended coffee. Very acidic. It was like it was a nice cookie start and then a, and then a coffee finish. It left a mark yeah. on the wall, so I feel like... <laughs> Part of that frame is melting. Is that normal? <laughs> There's always shit to look at at your house. Yeah. Yeah. There's always art yeah. on the wall. It's a lot of stuff. You need like an original Tom of Finland. They're too expensive. I've looked I was just going to say that would be so much money. They're, much money, they're like, so um, awesome they, they cost. He's going to say a number as if it's not high, right? No, now. no, they're high. It's tw- they're 12 grand for like yeah. a pretty normal, like not even not one even of the like finished ex- ones, like kind of a, a pre- like a preparatory sketch is probably seven grand. Damn. I thought I, I looked at them online and I, I thought about trying to buy one, but they were, they go so fast now. Well, the other day we were talking about it being like art investment. Is that a good investment to buy? He's a, a very good investment because it'll it'll appreciate. Yeah, he's a very good investment. If you bought a five thousand dollar drawing now in ten years, it probably be worth twenty grand. Damn. See, if you bought a finished one for twenty grand, it'll be worth fifty to hundred grand. See, that is the shit, man. You and know, those- you should buy the best person to buy right now. I think is R. Crumb because he's very old. Oh yeah, R. Crumb's great. and he's the most famous underground comic ever. It's like that thing. Tom of Finland is the most famous like male gay erotic artist. So you know, the he's the one name people know. So that's the person, and he's mm. by art standards reasonably priced. So's R. Crumb. You can get an Arkham for $10,000, which is a shit ton of money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But when he dies, there won't be any more people to make Arkham drawings. And there's only, now, granted, he made lots of stuff, but he's, you know, they'll be worth quite a bit of money. That documentary is one of the best. It's the best. It's really I good. I want to see, what is the documentary? It's called Crumb. It's called Crumb. And he's a stand-up comic? Yeah, he's an artist. He's a, com- a comic, like a comic artist, like yeah. drawing comic books. But oh. an, uh, he's considered kind of an un, he's considered an underground comic artist. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah he's great. He's is really he alive? Great. Yeah, he's alive. He's he's old now. I think he's close to eighty. And he lives in like France or whatever. Right? He lives in what? France. He traded all his sketchbooks for a house in the south of France. Do you guys edit these conversations? Nope. Nope. This is it. <laughs> God. 
But he's uh, he did a lot of weird like those are like really pleasant drawings of his. But he did a lot of weird like dirty pornographic. Like he's a really really weird dude. But it's like his weird pornographic stuff is not like you know uh, traditional attractive. He no, likes he, weird shit. He likes. He's a small man with a giant penis, and he likes large women to give him piggyback rides. Yeah, is that a true thing? He likes yeah. really like thick thighs and super big thick. Butts. How do you know like, that he has a big penis? Does he just whip that? Because in all the time? documentary, a woman that slept with him was like, "Our crumb has one of the biggest penises in the world." Wow, that's pretty crazy. Like well, that's the drawings like also of him another with his misconception is like having a giant penis is a great thing. It's like no, that's just not great. <laughs> Something that you're like, I, I, I can't do anything with that. <laughs> I mean, you could do something with it. I mean, sure. a lot of girls complain when it's too when it's too big. No, I know. I've heard it a lot. Yeah, they no. should complain. It's when you're painful. younger, oh, you're saying about you? Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Ew. Yeah, when you're younger, you think like I, I, if I don't have the biggest dick in the world, it's going to be over. But then when you're an adult and you talk to like women you're friends with, they're just like, if it's too big, it's not fun. But can I say something fucked up though? That is so Please, such a bummer. <laughs> if it's not a good size, it's a bummer. That's the other end. If <laughs> it it's just like super is a small. bummer. It's like, oh god, like this is not gonna, this is not gonna last a long time between you yeah. and I, because, I, like, is it in? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bummer. It's a bummer that that's a real thing. And I like, and I can't imagine being a dude and like knowing that and being like, I know it's a bummer. That would suck. Although some people with little ones are like, I don't know, like masters of seduction or something. And so like, I knew a girl who she's like, no, it was literally a pinky finger, but I didn't care. I wanted to like marry him and have all of his babies. She, so like, this, she, this guy made her like, I don't know what, I mean, you know how some people just like make you crazy. You can't explain it. He probably just worked on his personality over the years because he's like, I don't have anything to back it well, up. Well, sometimes it's just like douchebaggery. It's like, I can have whatever I want. And then people just fucking believe you. You mm. know what I mean? If you are just like... People are, I find, are A, so consumed with their own lives and a little bit lazy. They'll believe most of what you tell them because it's easier. And then investi- investigating takes time. So people buy what you sell them. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know what it is. But and you a lot see of people are dumb. <laughs> Yeah. So they're just oh, okay. That's true. All right. But I like yeah. girlfriends of mine like explain things that are going on in these relationships. I'm like, no, get out of there. And they're yeah. like, yeah, but this, that, and the other thing. You're like, no. If there's a but, there's a no. Yeah. No. I mean, Donald Trump is a pretty good example of that. He's just like, I'm a successful billionaire. And you're like, he seemed like kind of a dumb shit. But he's just sold it so hard. He's like, I'm, I'm just. He's just he's really good at that one thing. Yeah. I mean, but he was also a building developer. Like he, well, he's no. gone bankrupt like nine times, but he also has de- made all these very successful buildings sometimes. And yeah. he's a lot, but he and he sells it like he's so successful that people don't tend to notice how many times he's failed. I don't even know. That. I mean, like if you drive the West Side Highway, the entire Upper West Side from the well, basically from Seventy Second Street, no, like Fifty Ninth Street up to. Jesus, like the low 80s is all Trump buildings on yeah. the water. It's insane. I mean, overall, he's a, he's successful. Yeah, super successful. Yeah, and now he Failed has a hot not. wife. Yeah. He's always had pretty hot wives. Yeah, hot wives. I mean, it'd be Marla hard Maples. not to get a hot wife when you're a billionaire. I don't know how you fuck somebody one. that's gross, though, even though they have money. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, I'd marry for money. It's like, would you Would Some you people, do that? Yeah. Would you how go to bed with time, that for the rest I mean, of your life? you figure, Some like, all right, I got, if you added up the minutes per week you're going to spend boning him, you're like, all right, I got to bone this guy for three total hours a week, yeah. but the rest of the week, I get to be a billionaire. But how about you just, like, work hard and make your own money and, like, have enough Some and be okay Some people are all about it. shortcuts. I don't get that. 
Yeah. Oh, it's such I a know. bummer. <laughs> yeah, I, wouldn't, I don't know, man. I wouldn't want That's that That's not either. my way. I mean, he's not like getting super hot women that are like incredible. They're, they're like his wife. I think she's around 40 ish. So I think she was like, well, I don't seem to be good at anything, but I am incredibly hot. Is yeah. she not good at anything? I don't know what she did before. She just I've never heard anything about her. Except she was being, a model. Okay. She's not good at anything. Case oh, in point. Dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Sorry. I know. Sorry. You're good at staying in shape. Uh, Models are probably on the lower end of... As far as a skill set. Art, yeah, as far as talent in the arts. Go. <laughs> when I see the houses what do they do? get to they live stand. in, it's like... You get to live in that just because you, your face will, happens to look this, like that? I'll give this. You know, female yeah. models probably are good at withstanding a kind of sexual harassment that most people don't understand on any level. Oh, well, that doesn't God. make them like more... Does not, no, like, but that's well, like an occupational hazard that so. must be unbelievable. I'm not even a so model. I'm an actress. So is working shit that people in construction. Have said to me is in fucking credible. Really? Oh, my God. I'd like, to, I'd like to submit other occupational hazards that can tell modeling to go fuck itself. Uh, <laughs> being a coal miner... Okay. Uh, deep sea fishing. All right. Not deep sea fishing. The uh, uh, I, I, the ice fishing ice thing. Fishing. Yeah, that. And then any other thing that involves. You're like working on a crab boat. That crazy. Shit's, yeah. Yeah. That's Occup- crazy. You could die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't saying it was harder. I'm just saying they are. I was. I, maybe they well, I shit on you. them first, so I felt the need to give them a little <laughs> bit of lo- credit. To get, okay. And I've well, met a few models them. that are very nice. Oh, there's a lot of really nice ones. Yeah. yeah they're not dummies at all. Well, also, it's like people tell us that we don't have real jobs. Maybe there's elements of that job that's a real job, and we're just being judgmental. I never <laughs> said being a model wasn't a real job. You didn't say that. That's I did true. Not say, it is a job. There's just <laughs> not a lot that, like, I most just, of it is you, you, you won the genetic lottery. Yeah. You just were born beautiful. Yeah. And some of them put in the work and they work out and exercise. There's no Rudy of modeling. There's no like, ah, he's got a lot of heart. Like, it doesn't matter. If you're 5'5, if you're, five five, you're not a model. Yeah, Did, there's no like I'm gonna get taller one day. There's no Spud Webb of modeling, <laughs> right? But have you ever like you know, mod- so in New York they're all over the place, and so you see these girls that are just Ugh, extraordinary the- looking. That like, not even necessarily like drop dead gorgeous, just people that are these women that are just extraordinary looking people. Yeah, and then you never see people that look like that in the workforce, which makes me feel like if you're born that way, is that what's just going to happen? Like you're just going to be a model like, if that's what your face looks like? It seems like? like you might as well not waste it. You're like, I look like this. Do I want an extra few hundred grand? Probably. Probably. I feel like once you start coming of age, like people just start telling you more and more like, you know, you have to be a model, right? Because you don't ever like, see people that look you. like that in the workforce. Just on or maybe there are, they just don't work. They don't do it up correctly just on like a nuts and bolts level it's like you know if you wanted to you could get this job where you kind of don't have to do anything that sucks that hard you get to travel a lot they'll give you a lot of money and the end you're like yeah what do I gotta do stay in really good shape stand there and kind of look sassy and that's like it maybe some of them are great and some of them are not great I mean there's a difference between a great model and a not that great model totally there's like you know yeah. catalog level, and then there's like model model. But that's like somebody it. like Coco Rocha. Do you know who that is? No, she is one name. of those people. You're like, I could stare at your face all day. What is happening with it? I don't get it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and she's a supermodel. Yeah, because it's extraordinary. Like Doubts and Kraus, or however you pronounce her name. She's Dutch. I mean, she. You're like, what the fuck? But then I'm like, would you ever see a woman like that at the office? Like, what if Giselle was like, um, I'm really smart. I'm gonna be a, uh, I'm gonna work at Goldman Sachs. Like. <laughs> 
do people that I mean, look like that have I think real they do jobs? it later. Martha Stewart was a model, and then she, like a real one, like covers of magazines, and then she, I yeah. think, got a little older and was, she's obviously incredibly smart. So yeah. She was like, eh, I'm going to do this other thing. I feel like maybe there are people that look like that, but like they're just never on TV or in magazines, so how would we know? Yeah. And they don't, maybe they like don't. Like, they're I'm not saying. in bikinis at work. They're like yeah, they yeah, cover yeah. up and they're not wearing tons of makeup and they're, they're just dressing yeah. for the office. And they probably and there is a thing. There is definitely a thing about that separates models from other pretty people as like knowing how to take a good picture. It's like yeah. I used to be able to take a good picture when I like cared about that shit in college and now every picture of me is like meh you know what yeah, I mean there's yeah. like angles because you just you because you pay attention to angles because you're like concerned about who is seeing this picture of you on Facebook or something and then now it's like you, know, you just you I just can't take suck. a good picture to save my life anymore and I used to be kind of okay with it I modeled once uh, but I can't I just every picture of me I, I look sickly and like confused, I look like I'm surprised by the picture. That my smile like, just squishes my face to a point where it's like, yeah. what is happening? Every yeah. time I've done it, people are like, look this way, look that, and they go, remember that these are the angles that work for you. I'm like, got it. And then by the time I'm in my car, I'm like, forgot everything I said. Every picture also, I see who gives a fuck? of my exactly, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, I don't. Why am I gonna remember this? Like for what? Every yeah. t- lately, every picture I see of myself, I look like I'm making this noise. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like. Whenever I see a picture of me, I always think I'm going like, why? <laughs> no, help, make it end. I feel I can hear myself in the picture just... Just constipated? I'm, just like, I've never been big on having my picture taken. I got a... Because I, I, there was a guy at the book so yesterday who's like one of my favorite iconic artists ever and I want to get a picture with him and I look... You the, did and you took... You yeah. posted And in the picture, I look like I'm going... Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. You look good in that picture. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was just, I've seen him so many times and never asked, and I was like, today's the day. You guys, though, are both examples that, like, all men should have facial hair. Like, <laughs> at, at a certain point in life, all men should have facial hair. Are you a f- but are you partial to guys with facial hair? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I feel like every man should grow facial hair. And in a way that I don't mean in a bad way, like, you have the opportunity to cover up shit on your face that you don't necessarily, like care for yeah and you get this like natural look of like i don't know some sort of style choice or something and it, well, all you have to do is just not scrape your face seen for a couple me days plenty with yes none i look like a small mole person who is a film archivist but with a beard i all of a sudden have at least kind of a chin i'm not gonna entertain that self-hatred okay, fine. but i'm saying like it is an added bonus is to have yeah. yeah, yours it does add like more of a yeah. I have more of a jawline, jawline yeah. and a chin. And you also never used to grow your beard out fully. You would just have like a week's worth of stubble, like on your way to a beard, and then you'd always like yeah. Shave I realize it. I don't like that because it looks too fussy. Now yeah. it looks like you trim it. I mean, I'm just I to a like point that. now where like if my boyfriend fully shaves, I'm like I don't want to see over. you right now. Talk to me in a couple <laughs> days. Like come yeah. over in a couple days. <laughs> Yeah. It's also so it's much. Over. It's so much easier when, okay. whenever like friends w- will be like, oh, "I'm gonna try and grow a beard," then they give up like a few weeks in because they're like, "It itches, I can't yeah. stand it." I'm like, just get through that part, mm-hmm. and then after that, it just your life becomes easier. There's yeah. no more shaving, no, no more razors, or no like more razor itching. burn or anything. Oh, yeah. like your when face I have is so much less. It's one thing that you're like. I don't have to think about I'm that so anymore. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm literally so jealous. I wish I could grow. When I have a legit thing. like huge one, I and I know I notice, I notice la- ladies look at me a little more. 
Because yeah. I think I think a legit dad issue. It's a legit dad issue trigger. No, my dad didn't have a beard. My no, but like it just makes that. you look older. So, and I get white hairs in them now. So it just makes you look like an old stable man. I think you're saying the girls that do have the dad issues go. Oh, yeah, they're that's like, where oh, hey. with no facial hair they would just walk they're right like, behind. Hey, salty face, what's going on no, over see, there? I don't have any dad issues, and it's still dope. <laughs> yeah, because you just like beards. Yeah. I just like beards. I think every woman likes a little. I think it makes hair. a dude look. It, it's it's so it's specifically male. It is a only a thing men can do. So you see, you're like that's a man. Yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. a boy. Do you know who's really hot? I don't know who it is, and I've seen photographs of this person in magazines and in like when I Joe look at Jonas. fashion stuff. Is this gorgeous? I, I don't know if if she's a transsexual. I don't know what the deal is. It, but it's this gorgeous. Well, that long haired once with the beard. With the beard. With yeah. the long hair. Wait, beautiful. What? Looks like a Kardashian with a beard. I don't know who this is. And she is. She was in the Golden Globes, yes, right? Hold she on. Was. It's a woman. And, I no, don't no, know. With it, a full beard. Well, if we have to be I sensitive. I think it's a man. It a former woman. Former possibly. Woman. I have to find this. I mean, and she is hot. Yeah. I have to see this picture. Like, Hot. She's kind of Middle Easternish looking, I want to yep. say, and yep. she has like long dark hair and kind of this perfectly manicured beard. Um, oh, so she's probably just a Middle Eastern chick. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're allowed to say that. I am allowed to say that, and that's why I said it. How about if I? How, if, do you think if I Google transgender with beard, Golden, Golden Globes. Globes? Yeah, that should do it. Oh yeah, or well, there's also that gorgeous uh, transgendered person that's on um, uh, Orange Is the New Black. Who's that? Who is this? I can't remember her name. Oh, Conchita Worst. What? That's oh, that's name. the Golden Globes one. Look at how beautiful. Um, yeah. I mean, like, stunner. We should tell people who to Google now. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Beautiful. <laughs> that's a full-on beard. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And look at her body. That and like that's one of my favorite dresses. Say that her was name worn. for the people listening. Yeah, how do you spell hang on, hang on. it? Because uh, people need to see this is like okay. So the, it's spelled first name C O N C H I T A. That's the first name. Last name Worst W U R S T. Damn, I didn't know. I've never even heard of this person. Is like she an actress? I don't know. Okay, here we go. I'm I just saw the right pictures now. when I was... I, I didn't watch the Golden Globes, but I was looking at Twitter a lot. Oh, my God. Beautiful. And people were tweeting lots of pictures of her. But I don't know what, of, of what she that does. That is a really bold choice for a transgendered person to make. Because normally uh, they go like, when, when he's transitioning into a woman, they go full-on woman. But oh, okay. he's like, full-on woman, it, but like, beard. It's a drag persona. Wikipedia is saying, okay. better known by his drag stage persona, Conchita Worst, is an Austrian recording artist and drag queen. Got it. That Worst makes more came sense. to international attention for winning the Eurovision Song Contest 2014 as Austria's on. I don't know what that word is. Um, yeah. So he, she, whatever you want to go for, is a recording artist. Drag queen. Drag, drag, yeah. drag person. <laughs> I don't know. Drag queen. Drag queen, I guess. Yeah. She's beautiful. Okay, <clears throat> that makes more sense. Yeah. Because like, I think when people transition, they take so many hormones, I don't even know if they, they can grow a beard, right? Is uh, that how it works? I think part of, yeah, that probably yeah. goes away. Yeah. Like, I, so is, that, he's is, just is, a drag is, queen. Is, is Bruce Jenner officially, tra- is that an official thing? I think. Do you guys know about this piece? It I haven't is. been reading about this. I just saw a blast about it the other day and I got excited. I think that but there is going to be a TV it. show okay. about him transitioning into a woman. Okay. I think I it's saw, official. I saw. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I saw um, uh, Dana Gould tweeted something about like it, making fun of him. Making fun of it at this point is basically hate speech. So knock yes, it off. And that's the thing that's kind of insane is that people have been making fun of him for years for getting all this plastic surgery, and now you're like, oh shit. You're like, oh, you're in the wrong body. Yeah, well, yeah. And I, I feel thought, I thought, now. like the kind of the balls it takes to do that publicly is insane. <laughs> like I can't, I can't it is going if if it's true, which I. I don't know if it is or not yet. There's all these pictures, yeah. and so many of them are doctored. But there's some that aren't doctored where his current fashion choices yeah. look much more feminine. His hair looks much more feminine. He's, he's wearing earrings that look much more feminine than he used to. So I think it's happening. If it's happening, to do that publicly knowing what it's going to be this is, is a now, kind of courageous that's insane. It's but courageous. This, isn't also, sorry, there's a few people that have done this now publicly. Yeah, There's the, the the lead singer of this band called Against Me, went that w- from, Wachowski brother. Yeah, one of the Wachowski brothers. Yeah. There's someone else that did it. That was um. Was Cher's um. Oh son. yeah oh, yeah, uh, yeah 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 Chaz Bono. Yeah. There's like a few. It's becoming more. Well, it's nice too because it's a real thing that people are su- were and are now still such my initial assholes f- about it because they don't understand. My it. initial feeling is always like, oh man, I wish you could have done this so long ago. Yeah. Right. Like, ah, oh, exactly. dude. Why did you have to be married to Chris Jenner and yeah, like, go oh, through dude. all of that and now? Like, yeah. oh man, I wish you could like won the gold medals and be like, I'm a lady and just like did it. Yeah. Like it's you're like, oh, dude, this is so or hard. Maybe, I don't need because yeah. I don't know how it works. Maybe he didn't have that awakening until later in life. Who knows? I wonder. I have no idea how that works. I I want to meet isn't it someone to know that we'll probably has, hopefully find out because of people like Bruce Jenner coming out later in life and doing it and doing yeah, yeah. questions. Hopefully, I mean, I have always Sider. found that family sort of. I'm just not into it. But I, if there was, I'd definitely watch him talk about it. I'd be like, if they were like, tell us, so tell us how this happened. I'd be like, I'm going to sit and watch this for hours. Yeah. Because I'm, it, it, it's something I don't understand what it would feel like. But it's obviously a thing that exists. So yeah. I want to know all about it. Like, I, I want to talk to a person that's gone through that. Because yeah. I have no clue. I, I don't want to be a woman. Like, <laughs> I'm perfectly happy being a man. But someone who's like, I can't live in this skin anymore. Wanna, this is not who I am. I sometimes want to dress like a lady. It's really not the best. No, 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 not the painful parts. Just the... Um, like put the, on a dress? The, not the dress. It's not the dress. I feel like women get access to a, a, a set of color schemes that as a dude we don't really... They can do things with like yeah. color and there's more fun choices. I remember once... Accessories. When, I'd when, like to have less choices, honestly. Okay. Really? Yeah, sometimes. Just just a onesie. Just put on a fucking suit. Yeah. And be done with it. I want a onesie. I have lots of onesies. I'm getting overalls. Like pi- pajama onesies like that. A Dickies, the Dickies work onesie. I wore a onesie yesterday. Yeah. I love did. a onesie. A Dickies work. The Dickies like just work onesie. Dope. Oh, like a oh, yeah, like overalls. Are overalls. A thing again. So get excited. They are. <laughs> I'm gonna break down and get a pair. I think soon. we just found the title of our episode. Overalls are becoming a thing again. So get excited. <laughs> so get With Helena York. Yeah. <laughs> you have to listen for about an hour for her to get into overalls. But it come, when it comes, it comes heavy. Overalls are fucking everywhere. <laughs> it's acceptable to wear them now. Yeah. Or again. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Again. Or just like for no reason. Yeah. It's acceptable to, yeah. for no actual work related. You can wear overalls and not need to paint something later that day yes like you can go do stuff in there yeah that's true somebody um, trying to steal your dogs they're just losing their minds so how long are you in los angeles for now I'm here till february 9th so next monday oh yeah it's already february 
Yeah, my birthday is this month. Happy birthday. Thanks. How can I ask how old you're going to be? I'm turning 30. Okay, awesome. What are you I gonna say it in that, with that face in that way because I'm excited. Yeah, good. People always are, are afraid of 30. I mean, there's things about it that you're like, oh. So are you doing like a big 30th yeah. thing? I'm going to do a party. I think I might go to Miami with my friend. Okay. Yeah, 30. Yeah, everyone does a big 30. I mean, for the most part, you know, people make a big to-do. Yeah, and I'm fine with doing my own to-do. People are like, well, who's going to throw a party for me? It's like, oh, fuck you. But Yeah, you don't need that. Just no. go take, that's, it's just a reason to like go to Miami. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. So I would that's never per- go that's to perfect. Miami for any other reason than like, that's hilarious. I'll go yeah, try yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a squirrel on the fence literally shaking his nuts at the dogs. They have no choice. Just taunting. <laughs> He's literally just shaking his ass in their face. Like, you can't. like these? He's Do really you like, want a little bit of these? Yeah. And they're like, yes! <laughs> I threw a quarter at it. It didn't move. It taunted me with its nuts. It's it's winning. <laughs> There's a squirrel, vic- the squirrel victory. <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, Do you have to get to Burbank, homie? How long does it take to get to Burbank? 20 minutes, 30 minutes. 50, yeah, 20. Depending 33. On I should probably like... Yeah. We'll wrap it up. This we're we're at an hour forty. Oh shit! You're a delight to talk to. Time went by, like that. I can't believe people are gonna listen to this for an hour forty. They, well, they will. We'll see. They might skip around. <laughs> they might, I don't know how people how people listen. Do I don't you have think, a lot of listeners. Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I, you're. I bet you there's not many Broadway performers on podcasts. Probably I wasn't, like, not. Incredibly eloquent about my feelings about Broadway. But yeah. It's a lot of things. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I just thought, I was like, I'm going to ask questions that I see when I generally hear, will. I'm like, I'm fucking, I've never known how that works. When I hear Broadway people talk about it, it's almost like overly eloquent to where I don't understand it. They're like, it's a gift. And you're like, what do you yeah. mean? You didn't have any pretension. Whereas you're like it. a day to day. You've been a day to day blue collar Broadway performer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know You fucking that. go to work with your tap shoes and a pail oh, and no. with some soup yeah. and oh, you have a lunchbox. Yeah. yeah. This is a lot of. You th- clock th- in, you're like, let's fucking dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Is there, this comes out tomorrow. Uh, is there anything you would like to promote or plug or a website or something, some direction you want to send people to know about anything? No, I mean, um, my friends are here and they, I did a web series called high maintenance, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of years ago and they're awesome and they're on Vimeo and they have their three new episodes okay. coming out. I think, gosh, in the next week or so we do a premiere on Wednesday. I'm not in them, but they're awesome. And it's about a pot delivery guy in New York city in every episodes with different people. And oh, nice. it's dope. And so high maintenance. On Vimeo. on Vimeo. On Vimeo. Okay. You have to pay for it now, which is exciting because it's awesome. And well, that's cool. People should new new it. media. Yeah. Yeah. And people should wow. check that out. But that's all I have to plug. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having and me. And teaching us Thanks, things that Harina. we didn't know. <laughs> now sing us out. No I'm kidding. <laughs> and there you go. All right. <laughs>